Hey, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, what up? We got Jamie the Great here. Yeah. DJ D-Miles is MIA. He's getting his ass fixed once again. Per usual. Per usual. <laughs> we got a special guest, though. I mean, this this is a, a fellow New Yorker, right? Yeah. So, Never, I feel like we were in the circles with this DJ, yeah. but we, we never we really- never met. We yeah. never interacted with, somehow. Yeah. I don't know what it is. We and we all have a similar story. Like you know, we mm-hmm. we started. We grew up in Vegas. I mean, grew sorry. up in New York. Yeah, we have a similar story. We grew up in New York, mm-hmm. and we're all ended up in Vegas somehow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I know him as Pork Chop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm <laughs> I know him as DJ Pork Chop. Uh-huh. Uh, but we have you know the great Pete Chavoy here. What's good, Pete? What up, Pete? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming guys. through, man. Yeah. I've been speaking with you. We've been having lunches and, and talking about DJing and life and music and all of this shit. Yeah, yeah. But we have a, a weird connection because I know you from Kane in New York. Right. In the, in the early 2000s when I was uh, DJing at Kane. Um, you did Bunny you, Chow, right? Tuesdays? I did Tuesdays. And then you did like Fridays? I, or Wednesdays? Both. I did Wednesdays and Fridays. Wednesdays for a while. and Fridays. Yeah. So yeah. he was the dude when I come in Tuesday, mm-hmm. they'd be like, yo, man, Pork Chop is so good, man. He fucking <laughs> killed it this weekend. <laughs> you know? And I'd be like, oh, man, I got to kill it too on Tuesday. <laughs> but I was known as like the hip hop dude. Uh-huh. So like they had like a hip hop Tuesday. Right. That was kind of mixed with, you know, 80s and house and all of this stuff. Yeah. And Kane, well, I don't, this is probably like 2003, 2004. This had, yeah, that sounds yeah, good, right. 2005 and, and what I had been left New, uh, New York when Kane opened. So right. I would say three or four, 2003 or 2004. 2003 or 2004. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, the management or the owners of Kane came from PM. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I was working at PM with them. And that was mm-hmm. like a unique and kiki uh, nightclub. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was Jamie from South Africa. Yes. Yeah. And um, it was Jamie's from South Africa and Jema from Jay-Ma. Brazil. Right. And she, I think she was at PM too. I think she was a waitress there. I think that's where they met. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Either that or another. But that's either if it wasn't PM, it was wherever they worked before PM. And that's how they got together. He was a bartender and she was a waitress. And then, like, you have a crazy history, like, in New York. I mean, obviously, you're born and raised in New York. Right. And you you got a lot of roots in in nightlife, man. Oh, yeah. I've been doing it since 87, 88. I feel like you're like an unsung DJ. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well he has this ill history in like you know i'm talking with neva about we did, you know we did some research on you okay you actually had a membership to paradise garage yeah yeah so wow. first of all i didn't know you, paradise garage needed a membership it was membership only mm-hmm. yeah wow, i didn't know that. it was membership only i think i got my membership like the last year year and a half right okay and do you still have your card I do, oh, oh, shit. but I don't. But I have a picture of it on my phone, but I don't have the. Yeah. I don't have the card with me. But hold on. Can, can you like, send? Can you send? That's us gonna that be picture? the cover. Yeah, yeah, send it to you. That'd be the cover. Right <laughs> All right. So uh, yeah, and it was funny because there was two nights. So it was the Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. right? And the two nights were different. So the Friday night was more the straight night, mm-hmm. okay? And Saturday night was the gay night. Oh, how was the music different? It was a. It was a, the crowd was definitely different. Right. Okay. Well, let's ex- explain Paradise Garage a little bit. Like, if you had to explain that okay. era of Paradise Club. So, oh, gosh. All right. Well, first of all, it's a membership club. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, you could only get in if you were a member or with a member. Right. Okay? Or and if you was a celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, for... And, but you know what, too, though? Back then, 
like nightclubs weren't celebrity driven like they are now. Right? It wasn't they were about, in the it wasn't the same. Nah, definitely not. It wasn't you know? about money, right? It, it wasn't about how much money you made or anything, right? It was All those guys, and most of those guys with money or whatever didn't get in. They couldn't get in. You know what I mean? Right. Like those guys that now are like, oh, come on in. You're getting three mm-hmm. bottles or whatever. Those are the guys like, you're not getting in. Sorry. Wait, who set, who set the tone for uh, like the door in New York City? I would in, say Studio 54. So Studio 54, say which door. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, was it Mark, what's his name? Mark Rubel? Steve Rubel. Steve, Steve Rubel, Rubel, yeah. Um, Steve Rubell was just known to be at the door, and he would pick anyone who was just beautiful or unique looking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, but they would see back in the day too. It was like the doorman made the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. So he would be like, "Oh, okay, I got too many dudes. Let me do." You know what I mean? Like they knew what they were doing. Or right. I'm gonna get you know a dude in a dress and a dude in a three piece suit. I'm gonna bring them in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they curated the whole vibe to the club. Whereas right. now they just go, "Are you buying a bottle or are you on, on the list?" Like right. they don't really do anything so literally like the the bottle service era of the 2000s kind of destroyed nightlife a little bit oh for sure from what it was in the 80s and 90s 70s 80s and 90s totally changed the whole vibe you know like when i was coming up you know i used to work at the world that was my first job the world yeah and was that in times square no that was Uh on second street and avenue c was was there a world in times square or was that later that was later. It's not the same world. It's not the same world. No. This world was like, this was a mafia money laundering place. Oh, period. shit. Okay. It was like across the street from the projects. Well, what's what's hey, the I world? I lived right across the street from the world. Where was it located? Where was it? It was on second between B and C. Oh, okay. And okay. it used to be like a tabernacker. Tabernacker? Tabernacker? I can't say that word. Anyway, and it was like during the Civil War, there was tunnels all underneath it and shit. And they used to have, it used to be like a social like hall. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so that was like, that was my first job. And it was like, you know, you do that because you didn't want a job. Mm-hmm. And you, were, are, you were a bartender. I was a bartender. And then I started mm-hmm. DJing a little bit because my crew that I started DJing with was these group guys out of London called Black Market. And so one of them started DJing Saturday nights there. And we started doing, okay, before the world, a little prior to the world, we started doing our own club. And I hooked up with these London dudes. And so I became in their crew, right? And we would do it on 20th Street, right down the street from Limelight. Wow. And it was just an empty space, but it was a club space. And we would come in and bring speakers, sound system, sound system everything in there. And we'd do a club Friday and Saturday nights. And night what were you promoting it? What we promoted it. Yeah, we'd go out with little flyers and just hand them out during the week. And, and it was banging. And it was all about music, especially like these guys' new house. And it was just start, house was just well, how, how did you link? How did you get all in this? How did you link up with motherfuckers from London? And all? What part of New York did you uh, were you but, born and raised in? I mean, I was born in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And so I live mostly Lower East Side. Okay. And I met through these London guys through a girl I started dating. She was British. <laughs> and I met all her friends. And I was like, oh, this is cool, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so that's kind of how it started. And, um, and were you always in nightlife? Were you I was always in music. Out? I yeah. had a band since I was 10 years old, all the way up through college. So I was doing that. And then I was like, you know, because I don't know if anyone's ever been in a band, but it's always like when you suck and you're like, yeah, we're brothers, we're doing this. And then you get some gigs, you're like, how come I can't sing a song? You know what I mean? It's just like the, the natural progression of a band is like you suck and you're all great. And then you start getting good and then you fight and then you break up. <laughs> so I was like, I started learning about DJ and I was like, I can do this all by myself, like perfect. Right. You know, and I've always collected records since I was little. I have two older brothers who were always turning me on music. They're quite a bit older. So who was the DJ that influenced you to be like, I can be a DJ? And what year was this? I want to know the year. It was probably 
87 when I bought my turntables, I think. What happened was, okay, God. Okay, so I'm bartending at the World, right. and I'm friends with this girl. And then you were bartending at the World, and this is like, what, 85? 86, 87. 86, 87. Okay. Uh-huh. Her boyfriend was the manager of Nell's. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, he left Nell's. Nell's is a popping club on 14th, right? 14th Street, 14th yeah. 14th Street. Between uh, 8th and 9th. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I've ever been there, but I've heard the downstairs was, was, oh, you never, was oh, amazing. Right. You never, oh, You've man, been Nels, to Nell's before. I mean, you went to the Reincarnation. With yeah. Up and down or whatever? Up and down. Oh, up and it? down. I yeah. think it was something before that, too. I forgot oh, what man, it was. Oh, man, Nell's was yeah. Just, yeah. It was, yeah. Unfucking believable man. I mean, that was my favorite club. I've heard stories about the downstairs or something, right? Downstairs was great. I mean, Prince would I w- come I went in, to Nell's like know. towards the the later, before they closed up, like the later years, like in the um, late 90s, no, mid 90s. Okay. Did they close it like in 94, 95? I thought maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I always hear Prince would walk around or some he'd, shit. He'd come there after his shows and start DJing, playing all this like funk and stuff. I mean- Oh, he um, was DJing? Yeah, he would DJ. <laughs> On my nights, I would have like, Russell Simmons would be there every week. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, yo, do you have that new, you know, MC search or whatever? And he, I'd be like, no, I don't have it. He's like, call me tomorrow. And, you know, I mean, he was there, Grand Poobah, every week. I'll oh. be sure. would hang out in the DJ booth with me, like, all night. Like, this is, you know, Fat Five Freddy. And this is, what you, this is when you're pork chop. No, no, I wasn't even pork chop yet. You weren't pork chop yet? I what was your DJ name? Chop, just Peter Shalvoy. Really? Yeah. Um, so that was a whole nother crazy thing of, like, Nels was just bananas you know it was just such a great yeah, and that was a number club you, if you didn't know the door person you couldn't get into that venue i mean yeah right that was all and, in New York. and if you think about it when i was there which was probably maybe 89 to 92 yeah i think that was my run there but i mean our djs were me obviously dimitri from delight i remember hearing toa yeah, yeah. from delight uh-huh. pal joey oh, of hot music and yeah. dance earth people mm-hmm. um this guy basil DJ Jules, mm-hmm. Belinda, and this guy Jerome Sedenheim, I think it was his last. He went on to do um, Ibadan Records as a big house guy. I mean, talk about like a fucking lineup of right. DJs. It was amazing. I heard of Dimitri. I don't know the other names. <laughs> Toa T was the other <laughs> DJ. Was from the guy from the, 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 yeah. from D-Light. Oh, okay. The Asian okay. dude. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, wait, so when, when I heard of Nels back in the day, it was known as like a hood spot. That was like the later uh, years. No, that was like the, the later, later years, years before they closed out. That's when like Bad Boy used to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And used yeah. to like cause trouble in the venue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember like Nails, like everyone was like, yo, Nails is popping, but it's hood. Yeah. Like you got to watch your back and shit when you go to Nails. It wasn't that bad, but it was definitely hood. <laughs> nah, man. Nah. I wasn't there then. <laughs> <laughs> You think Prince is gonna be going to a fucking hood club? Man? I don't. I mean, I, I know it evolved <laughs> into like probably becoming more hip hop and, and hood mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I remember hearing stories of and you have like Prince. it had like an upstairs where you could like get dinner and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and they had like I remember one of the last shows I sat there. I was like leaning against the bar, having Heineken, and like right over there is like Roy Ayers performing. That's crazy. It was nuts, man. Yeah. yeah. So wait, wait, wait. So what year was that? Nels? It was a. Uh, like I said, it was probably, I would 87? say, 88 to 92. Wow. And Jessica Rosenberg was doing the door. I don't even know. No, I think she did it maybe later because I know it was Mercedes. And who else was doing the door? This is like real New York history. It was Jessica. Yeah. But the, yeah, but it was great. You know what else was great about it, too? I was thinking about this. When you walked into Nell's, right? 
you maybe within the first 15 minutes, you'd be in the Jesus booth, the manager would come up to you and he'd hand you like a little manila envelope. You go, here you go. And it was your money rolled up and your drink tickets. Oh, really? <laughs> you know? Every time? Every time you walked in. Wow. Here you go. Within the first half hour being there. Wait, so how much were you getting paid for that? Dude, check. I was thinking about that. <laughs> I want to ask I paid now. 300 bucks. Really? Yep. That's good money back then, bro. It's good money now. Like, it's not much different know, right? than now, if you can believe that <laughs> wait, shit. Wait, wait, wait. You were paying 300 for the whole night? Yeah. For what was the hours? 10 to? 10 to whenever. 4. 4. 10 to 4. Yeah. 300 oh in like the late 80s. Yeah. And now that's the same rate now for DJs. Right? Yeah. Isn't that insane? It's crazy. It, and then back then it was cash. Now yeah. you're getting yeah, checks. Yeah, it was cash. You have it to, was no, yeah, exactly. You it was no money. Yeah. <laughs> now you're claiming. So 300 back then is probably what? 800 or 1,000 now? What I would say it? that. Maybe. Gas was what? Like. I would double it cents? up. I would be like maybe seven, <laughs> seven hundred, eight hundred. Nah, it's like a cool. I think it's more than that. Man. I think it's like fifteen hundred. Nah, yeah, a fucking a fucking Bro, McDonald's hamburger it. was twenty five cents yeah, or something. It was not twenty five cents <laughs> <laughs> back in eighty seven. When I was a kid, <laughs> a gallon of gas back then was had to be sixty to seventy five cents, if that. But records imports are still ten bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, but but when I started buying them in the late '90s and early 2000s, they were like 30 and 40. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh shit. Because I would have because a lot of the rock records, I, I had to get from imports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were like they're like for Nirvana, like smells like Teen Spirit to get that LP. But that was, was the album. Like the, I mean, the 12 inches was like 10 bucks still. Nah, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking imports like, I'm thinking like, like 25. I'm thinking like house music imports, like yeah. back in the early nine, late '80s, early '90s. Early mm-hmm. like the 2000s, it was like. Around 20, 18, 15, 25, if it was an import, for sure. Any imports that was like double the price of a regular single. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then a regular single was like, what, $6, right? Exactly, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It was like 15 for import. Maybe I'm thinking LPs, man. I'm LPs is definitely double. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah, 30 bucks. More, yeah. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Never did you mean to say Jessica Rosenblum? Yes. I'm not sure if she, <laughs> she might have been there at the end. And then right. I th- I think Gilbert did the door. I know during too. the um, Puffy era, it was um, Alex Achuna. Oh, what? oh, he did, okay. He was doing the door, him and um, Dre, um, Andre. You mentioned Gilbert, right? Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. I yeah. Think he passed right, away. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was in Miami and, uh, you know, shout to Raul. Raul was uh, taking me around in Soho House and they had all of these photographs and I saw Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. Up there, and, and he's like a door, he's like, you know, nightlife. He's royalty, man. Royalty, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's like, when you saw Gilbert, it's like, you knew, like, it was, it was legit- an official, it was like a legit a spot, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. That was the difference, I think, back then in New York. I mean, I think Vegas has always been different a little bit, right? But in New York, it's like, you like the, the respected door people, they followed the good clubs, Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you went to the spot. If you knew one door, like two or three door dudes, you was golden. You was golden. Like you was, yeah. you was yeah, chilling yeah. because they they kind of all rotated to the hot spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to Gilbert. That's yeah, man, he was great. I yeah, Gilbert. Yeah. He's a uh, he's royalty. Yeah, for yeah. sure, man. So wait, so you're bartending at Nell's and you're doing uh, World. No, no you're DJing at World. Right. Sorry, right. bartending yeah. at so World. Wait. Bar- I'm bartending at the World. You're bartending at World, but you're DJing at Nell's. No, no, I'm bartending at the World. Send this guy. I'm working with this girl whose boyfriend was the manager of Nell's. He goes and opens this club called Alibi where the old uh, Mama Rose's was on St. John Lane. It's a little alleyway. You wouldn't even know it. This small club. It was banging. Okay. So I, would, I started bartending there. 
And then what I would do is I would ask him, he would give me the keys and I would go in there during the day and spend all day inside this dark ass club, just DJing, trying to learn how to DJ, like buy wow, a record, okay. whatever I could do. And I would learn that. And then I started DJing there and I did Fridays and this guy, Shenge, either Shenge or Shenge was uh, Basquiat's roommate. He's in the Warhol Diaries wow. and everything. So like wait, with oh, Basquiat's shit. in this whole? Oh yeah, oh, wow. yeah. I remember. The, I you, remember. He so came you would in. see Basquiat? Yeah, he yeah. was hanging out with Basquiat. Yeah, yeah. And Keith Herring yeah, yeah, and all yeah, them yeah. Wait, really? You were what hanging the out with? Fuck? You were hanging out. <laughs> you were hanging out with <laughs> Keith Herring and, and Basquiat? Yeah, yeah. I see those guys in the clubs and stuff all the time. But like, you know them as a DJ, or as a bartender. I know them just. You as, know, as a homie, just like a downtown kid, like a downtown club kid. That I was. Oh, shit. Dude, I went out How did you meet them? Yeah, how did you meet every them? night? Hold on, he just dropped that like it was nothing, bro. Yeah. Like, how did you? Shit. How did you meet them? Who did you meet first? Uh, Basquiat. Basquiat. Shenge. Yeah. So then, what were you guys? Where'd you meet? I want to know this story. Oh, I, I don't even. Just he bummed a cigarette. Like what happened? I don't even remember, dude. It was just you don't? Like, it was just, no. It was just. Gradual. It's thing. just like when you go out, you run into you these people, people, and yeah. then y'all become cool and whatever. You exactly. just yeah. hang out from there. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Did you hang out outside of the club with Basquiat? No, not really. No, I never like went over to their apartment or anything like that. Uh, so he was just like a fixture, like the Funky Pirate, right in New York. <laughs> funky Pirate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know, I don't know the Funky Pirate, but I would see him everywhere, right? <laughs> John John Claude John, John Claude, Claude. The no pirate. You, gotta, no you gotta love the commitment to that though, right? Yo, yo, so yo, he I'm stuck wearing, with that for years. I'm wearing too. a pirate hat every night. Yo, so like it was years. just <laughs> like I wonder, like, did he have like a supply in his closet? Like, oh, that fresh. It was fresh the same, the same outfit every day. Yo, we we gotta explain this. So it was like this. What was he like? Six three, or he was, he was like really a, he was tall. he was kind of tall. Yeah, he yeah, was like yeah. six three, black dude, uh -huh, right? Yeah. And he would just wear a pirate hat, yeah. right? Uh huh. A pirate hat. Did with a skull, and, I think with a skull and crossbone, like that one, you know the yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So he'd wear a pirate hat, and he called himself the Funky Pirate. Yeah, but he would dress normal and shit, right? Or he yeah uh, yeah he wouldn't do yeah, any like uh, Johnny Depp shit or yeah, yeah yeah. Oh no, there was something uh, the same in L.A. It was a the Hollywood Jesus. But he had like the full like shit like he was. I think insane. I remember. I've heard of that. Yeah, he yeah. passed away a few years ago. But yeah, the Hollywood Jesus, he'll pop up at Dre's or Playhouse, and he'd just be zooming through the crowd. But he was really committed to that fucking band. Right. It was like back then you had those characters like the Funky Pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, and, and there are people like you used to know. At least I, you know, I still have friends today that like I know from the garage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there are people that you just know from clubs, and that's when. But that's when clubs were different too because. Back then, clubs were about community, right? Yeah. It was all about, mm, yeah. you didn't want to go sit in the VIP. You're like, this is nah, fucking boring. Yeah. Right. right? But now, everyone wants, oh, I want to, I want my table, or I want my, you know. I need my bottle. This yeah, and that. the more VIP, if I had to sit in a closet, but they said VIP, VIP, and I would do that and just sit in a closet can, all day. Can we talk about the community aspect a little bit, like what you're talking about? So you're like, you're talking, you've got Bosque out there, you got Prince walking around, you have this whole thing. What was it, like a safe place for creatives Pretty much, yeah, 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 for sure. Where, where creatives can just let loose and like and just express yeah. themselves, and the DJ was like the soundtrack for this night, and everyone was just kind of like experimenting with everything, whether it was like drugs, liquor, or experiences, or mingling Absolutely. and everything yeah. like that. It's very different from what is what it is now. Yeah, and you gotta remember too, this is pre like cell phone, right? Right. Pre everyone has a camera. Mm -hmm. So like celebrities were doing drugs in the bathroom with everybody else or not even in the bathroom. They would do it out front. There was okay. no you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. So there's no like taking, you know, a picture or whatever. So everyone was just in. And again, nightclubs were subculture. 
They weren't mainstream like they are now. Right, right. You know what I mean? You went to a club to do some <laughs> ill shit, right? Not, you know, there weren't, there was nobody walking around in a suit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was like these nightclubs owner that was eccentric and they were doing whatever. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was probably all illegal. Right. Um, but yeah, but you know, but then at the same time, like everyone kind of took care of each other. You were there for the same thing. Right. You know, and, and it wasn't like too, like everyone's just facing the DJ. Like everyone mm-hmm. was just dancing. You'd be like, okay, our coat's over here by this speaker. This is our area. Get, we'll come back to that every, you know what I mean? If you get too mm-hmm. fucked up, like go back over mm-hmm. there and we'll find you or whatever. And it felt like a club, like you said, like a tight community because not every, everyone could get in. Yeah, exactly. So like mm-hmm. everyone kind of acted a certain way, right? Everyone was kind of like, I'm so happy to be here. Like this is an honor. Like everyone's kind of like, you know. Yeah, for sure. You know, and also too, it wasn't like, oh, well, I'm hot shit because I have my hedge fund or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Everyone was kind of, we were all kind of equal outsiders too. You know what I mean? So you're like, okay, like we found like, oh, you too? Oh, all right, cool. You know what I mean? Like. Right. That's why I used to love that when I would walk around New York City back in the day and I'd see like some kid, you could tell he was like fresh off the bus or whatever, you know, and you could tell he's like a total freak and he's just like probably persecuted his entire life, you know, in some small town. Where he grew up, right? Yeah, and I'd always like walk by and say to myself like, welcome, man, like, you know, you're home. You're home, right? That's crazy, Let your freak fly, fly, (laughs) fly, you know, like right right on, It's funny, I've heard like stories of now Rogers like um, meeting one of the members from Duran Duran just like in the corner of some club, I forget mm-hmm. what club it was, but he was just like sipping orange juice, and he's like, "That's how we connected, and that's how they began to do music together." Wow, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't doubt it. It's 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 funny, like so, like so, you're in these rooms with Basquiat and Keith Haring, Keith Haring which like I, I I need to hear something. I need to you hear an interaction <laughs> like, with, really with you or Keith or like you guys Basquiat did blow you guys did blow no, together no, or anything nothing like that. The, my no. my I have very few stories because I I met them through other people and I never really hung one on one or anything like yeah. that. It was always in groups or whatever. Um, two stories I have is one I remember when um, Keith was getting very sick. Mm. Okay, and he, was, he wasn't able to go out much, and so th- again this club black market I was doing. We, we did a night and um, another, God, another story. Us and there's other club called Baseline. We were the two underground clubs. We lost our venue. They kept going and they became Sound Factory. Oh, wow. So if we would have found a venue, who knows? Anyway, so it's one of Keith's last night out. I see him on the dance floor. So I played uh, Dr. Love the entire eight minute, 50 seconds because it was like his favorite song. So I remember seeing him all happy dancing and stuff like that. So that And was, that was your way of just giving him yes, yeah, yeah. that moment. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's beautiful. And yeah. then... Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. And then was, I, that, was that the last time you saw him maybe? Yeah, probably. Wow. Yeah. And then I remember the night, it was a Saturday night because I DJed Friday and we had this back kitchen at this place called Alibi, Madam Rose's. And my records were in there so I was going to pick them up for whatever reason. And I go there, and all of a sudden, Shenge walks in. He's all upset. I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, he's dead, man. He's dead. I'm like, what are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? He's like, he's dead. I'm like, who's dead? He's like, Jean-Michel. I'm like, what? What the Because f- he had gone to Hawaii to try to get clean. Mm. And, and he, over-D, he OD'd there, so I had to DJ that night. He's like, I can't play. You have to play for me. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn. Damn, that's crazy. So wait, did you see Basquiat with Madonna together? No. No? No. Were they dating around that time or no? I think they was dating like in the early, before she blew up. Okay. Or just about when she was yeah, about yeah, to blow yeah, up, yeah, like right. in 82, yeah, yeah, 83. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's so nuts. 
Yeah. This, so wait, okay. And you used to go to Odeon. You see him at Odeon a lot. I remember Odeon. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So wait, wait. Let's let's go back. So Jesus Christ. And there's so much history over here. <laughs> yeah, I know. So then let let's like, how does this lead to you getting a membership at Paradise Garage? Okay. So we heard about Garage. We love the Garage. So I wanted to get a core membership. Okay. That's the Saturday night. You go Friday or Saturday. Now explain what Paradise Garage was in New York City at that time. Okay. It's in an old uh, mail building, an old garage, mm-hmm. and had this ramp. And the ramp was the shit because you'd be walking up the ramp and there'd be a window where you have to pay. But you could already feel it going like, doof, doof, doof. and the bass would like be pushing your like pants against your legs. And you're just like, oh, shit. Here we, you know, you just get all excited. You went in, you paid. And then there was a crystal room, which is all those like little glass bricks, you know? Yeah. There'd be people hanging out there. Then there was the main dance floor, right? With the stage over here. And then up here is the DJ booth. You go through there and there's like a refreshment room where they'd have like bowls of water, punch, cookies, pretzels, and all these little places like big cubes you could just lounge out and basically hang out until you like your drugs kick in. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm being honest. It's like the drug the drug waiting room. (laughs) So uh, and then through that was a movie theater. Oh shit. And then if you went up around the stairs, you'd go to the roof. There was a movie theater? Yeah, it was a movie theater. Dude, that's like the, the original Soho house or some shit. But, so, I mean, dude, you would, you'd stay there till like, 2 in the afternoon. What? We wouldn't leave and we wouldn't go until 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm, after work or whatever. Either after work or if you didn't work, you'd take a disco nap till like, 2 in the morning. Then you'd get up, shower, put your, put your club clothes on. Then you'd go to, like, somewhere, meet for a drink, take your dose, and then... Head over to the garage. So then you'd go, you'd go there to Paradise Garage, right? And then you'd pay to get in? Yeah. So like I said- And so what's the difference between paying or being on a list or like, was there even a list? There's no list. So, so you, it was, yeah. so like I said, Corey, you go Friday, Saturday, and that's when you had to have someone vouch for you. So I had some friend vouch for me that you're gay or whatever. And then the Friday night, they could only go Friday. And then you were allowed to- So wait, straight people weren't allowed on, on Saturdays. Saturdays. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of dope, though. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it was that's music. And then, and then. Um, I've never heard of that. Did yeah, you know yeah. that? I didn't know that about the Saturdays. Friday yeah, Saturdays. It was yeah. a core your, membership. Your membership was only for Saturdays then? No, for both. Core, both you could go Friday. Saturdays you go on Fridays. Fridays couldn't go on Saturdays. So Saturdays you had to pretend to be gay? Saturday. Well, yeah, no one cared. No one right, like, right. tested you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like a wall of dicks or something. Like, <laughs> Choose your favorite. <laughs> Let's see. Hmm. He doesn't look that excited. <laughs> That's crazy. But, um, yeah, so, and then I think you were allowed like maybe three guests or something like that. So you'd pay like 10 bucks and they'd have to pay like 25 or something. That's like, a lot back then. Back huh? then. Back then yeah. You know, and, and sometimes too, you'd have people waiting outside like, yo, yo, can you get me in? You know, yeah. I'll give you whatever to get in. Oh. You know, cause they just, they couldn't get in. All right. So how did you, be, how did you get the membership? Through, and how long did it take? You went during the day. You went up. To, I went up to the office. Like you waited in line, and you went up to the office. So there's I, all these people waiting for. Oh membership. yeah, like hundreds of people, or at least a hundred. Well, not not too many people knew about the garage. So right. it was. I mean, did, when it first started, before it like really blew but, up. Right, but there was. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably much more famous and popular now than it exactly, was then. Yeah, uh-huh. Really, you know. Yeah. Um, but what I mean is that you know there was only one day or two days, so whoever wanted to do it, you had to go on those days. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so you'd wait in line, you go to the office, and you. So see membership the day was like a Tuesday or. Wednesday or something. Yeah, whatever. No, like a year. 
wasn't like every oh, Tuesday. Oh, sure, it wasn't every Wednesday. week. No, it was like oh shit. no, it's like once a year, like a renewal day. Yeah, yeah. So you had like two. It's like voting. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like voting. you waited in that. Like, oh wait, 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 wait. So it was so just, wait, wait. Go ahead. You get what I'm. You get what he's saying, right? It's just two days out of the whole fucking year. So if you didn't get in the first, say the 2020 year. You had to wait a whole ass year. To right. Wow. So there was only two days when they allowed membership. I, I, I can't. I maybe just three, four. I don't know, but it wasn't a right. lot. Or it wasn't. Every it wasn't week. like that. Let's yeah. say there was a couple days. There was a one week where you had to get your right. membership. Right. And if you didn't get it that week, you were fucked all till yeah. next year. Yeah. Wow. I unless, were- unless I'm sure if you you know if you knew somebody who worked there, I'm sure they could probably get you a thing. But for the you know for the everyday, I'm wondering if that would if that formula could ever work now. Never. I like, think so. I think so. Yeah. It, dep- it would have to depend on what, what, would, right you, now, what would you crazy. offer. You know what I mean? And how much would people want to join? Right. I mean, I don't know. It was good. It, it's a, it's, so it's insane. A, insane. It's a, it's an experience like no other. I have to, and I know I'm probably like talking all the shit or whatever, but you know, like, oh, it was the best club back in my day, but it's different than anything right. I've experienced since. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely why I wanted to become a DJ. Okay. I still have friends to this day that I met at the garage. Okay. And the relationship, first of all, the community was incredible. Okay. And the um, relationship between us and Larry it was not like nothing I've ever seen before. Larry Levan. Larry Levan. Okay. okay, I'll explain. Yeah. So King Kingpin DJ. Yes. For the garage. Just amazing. I mean, just yeah, In dance general? music. He, yeah. He, yeah. General, he, he, yeah. I mean, him dance and Frankie music. pretty much started the whole thing. Frankie Knuckles. Okay. Yeah. 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 So anyway, um, let's say for example, like the the word would be like, oh, Larry doesn't like the crowd. Larry doesn't like the you know, and it's like two in the morning, and we're like, he's playing all this shit music. He's like, yeah, he doesn't like the crowd. He's waiting for people to leave. Uh, really? He's trying to flip the room. Yeah. So he'd do that. So he'd wait till like maybe four o'clock in the morning and then he'd start playing some good music. Really? Oh, yeah. shit. And so was you there when he wasn't feeling the crowd? Yeah. And what type of music was he playing? Was it that bad <laughs> that you wanted to leave? It was just, it was just boring. It was just like some club music, some stuff, but it wasn't anything like exciting. None of the records we wanted to hear. Uh-huh. You know, just all those throwaways. You know, and so what we would do, this, this is what I'm saying, the, the, the give and take is incredible, like nothing like it today, is we would sit down on the dance floor. Just to wait for the That would be music. our thing, like, oh, you're going to do that? All right, we're going to sit on the dance floor until you play some good shit. Oh, and we'd all really? just start sitting it's down. Like a protest. Wouldn't, wouldn't he get pissed? No, because he knew, he didn't, he's Larry LeVan, he probably didn't give a shit, because he, he, he knew he was probably going to like two in the afternoon, so for him, he was probably, you know what I mean? That, that would be like something, like something happening to us at like... Eleven thirty. So Larry Levan would DJ for like ten hours. Yeah. Holy. Or sometimes shit. he'd have Junior open for him or um, Junior Vasquez. Mm. Wow. Or, or I like how you just say these names. I know, like that's right. <laughs> yeah. I need full names from okay. now. No. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but that was like incredible. Like no, like that relationship. You know, I mean, between the crowd and the DJs is phenomenal. Okay, so then, how, what's the longest you guys sat on the dance floor? It's like an hour or two. An hour or two? Yeah. Sitting like crisscross applesauce on the floor. Because you guys yeah. couldn't, you didn't want to leave. Christ. Yeah. You no, because you leave. knew he was going to play some good shit. And sometimes so, so what, those are some of the better nights. So what song was it that made y'all get up and... Like, you had to wait till like three good ones and you're like, ah, you got it. Yeah, it would depend on what, what that week was, but any, any like Liz Torres, uh-huh. you mm-hmm. know, any of that stuff or a Ten City or... Uh, 
Jungle Woo's Time Marches On or uh, Do It Properly, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I remember one night, it was I knew uh, Michael Jackson Bad had come out that week. And I was like, oh, Larry's a big Michael Jackson fan. I was like, but I'm not feeling this fucking album. I don't like it at all. <laughs> your, butt, your butt is mine. I know he's going to do it. Okay. And Larry was a genius at knowing when to play the right record. And he just worked the fucking room all night. And all of a sudden, he throws on bad. And I'm just like, yes. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I mean <clears throat> he's just, but it was different. Like, or, for example, I remember I was there the night that, um, was it Peter Tosh got murdered? Remember? Like, he was a burglary. Oh, my God. And he got, you know, fucking Larry, 3 o'clock in the morning, reggae for the rest of the night. Wow. And he's playing records. Damn. And he had those with him. Yeah. He probably kept them. Though. But he, yeah. yeah, he kept his records in oh, the, he kept at the his, club. Yeah, at the club. But still, I'm saying to just be like, let me get my reggae out. For him to do that, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah and to do it, at, at the, you know, right in real time almost. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know what I mean? Everyone's like buzzing around like, oh, Peter Tosh, what's that? And all of a sudden, like, comes That's on. so crazy. Yeah. So it's just a totally different environment. What, what determined him not liking the crowd? Like people were not dancing or reacting. They weren't dancing or he thought they were too straight or maybe he played something they didn't react the way he wanted or he just thought like, ah, oh, it's not really popping tonight, you know? Jesus. Yeah. yeah. But he knew that later on. Yeah. It, 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 it like it pick up or like the right crowd would come in, right? Right. Or whoever stayed. So that's, that was the other thing. You knew like if you stayed, you'd be rewarded. Mm, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like if you just waited out, he's going to drop some real sit down for shit. long enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, there's been conversations in our previous episodes about Larry Levan and like how he wasn't a technically amazing he, DJ. He was not. He was not a great mixer. Yeah. So like we, me, like, like never would tell me like, yo, he wasn't good. And like, you know, there's other DJs like, yeah, we, we, you know, we've heard live mixes and he, and he's not good. But then like Boogie Blind, shout to Boogie Blind, he'll like call me up. Like upset. upset and cursing me out, like how the fuck you gonna say Larry Levan don't know how to mix? He know how to mix. He knows how to mix crooked. You saying this shit on the podcast? And I'm so I'm like, you were there. What? Tell me what was going on. Yeah, I mean, again, first of all, you gotta remember, like it was a rotary mixer, right? You know, probably I don't even know if 1200s were even going. That you know what I mean? Or they yeah. were probably new or whatever. I mean, he wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he wasn't like this crazy He wasn't mixer. blending. Uh, he wasn't like scratching. He was, or, a, no, he was, no, he was just playing the songs. He, he was he, and it was kind of, kind of train wrecks some, once the, in a while. Yeah, or just wasn't, that wasn't his strong point. Yeah. Let's put it that right, way. Right. But he could program like a motherfucker. Yeah. Mm. No, one, no one was better at playing the right song at the right time mm-hmm. than Larry, man. You know, and that's, I think that's, a, we talked about this, you know, in our, some of our lunch things where like, right. that's a lost art of nobody programs anymore. It's all just like song, 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 song. It's hard yeah. to do that though when you have like when you have this two-hour you know f- you know kind Time of gap. structure, right? Mm-hmm. Where like a headliner goes on for two hours and an opener and closer, you know. But like, I- you know? is there such thing as an opener anymore? I mean, I mean, someone who knows how to like, oh, I'm going to marinate the room. I'm going to get the crowd right up there for the headliner. No, they're going to be like, I'm going to play whatever hits I can and get my shine on. Fuck the headliner. Well, like if we had to put a percentage out, right? Like a percentage of how many of the openers are actually trying to like open the room and marinate the room mm-hmm. and create like an early energy in the room. What would you give that percentage in your opinion? 30%? I want to say it would definitely be low. Like <laughs> like 30%? Yeah. That low? Yeah. So 70% are going for self. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then 30, 30% are maybe like trying to actually open and like... 
yeah. create a vibe. Mm -hmm. Right. And then also you have to take into account, too, that you have waitresses and managers who know nothing as to what you're doing. So if you were doing the right thing and marrying, they'd be like, oh, pick it up. Come on. You know what I mean? Because right. they don't know any any better. They're like, mm -hmm. oh, uh, you know. And that's mostly the case that's going on. Everything. Yeah, because yeah, if it's not peak, they're just freak out. Like, I don't know. You know, yeah. yeah, I don't understand what's going on. It's not peak and you're not playing shots or whatever, you know. Right, right. So that's another component. Too many cooks in the kitchen. So wait, how many, how, were you going to like Paradise Garage every weekend? Pretty, by the end, yeah. How many years? How many years? Like For the last year, it was pretty much, I, I was only, I only went for about a year and a half. It was like, what, but yeah, was it 87, 88? 80, yeah, no, 86, 87 mm -hmm. is when wow. I started going. The garage closed at 88 though, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember that night. Oof. That was a rough one. That was a rough one. How did you hear about it? Oh, we went, but I had to work. And then I, um, we almost didn't get in because we were so late. And me and my friends, and we saw um, Mel, Mel Chagrin, right? Is that the name? I think it was the owner. Anyway, he's like, no, you got to let these guys in. You got to get them in. He's their family. So we got in, luckily. And then- uh, And that was the get, last night? It's the last night. Wow. We didn't know it, but Keith- Herring had painted the entire a mural over the entire club. Oh wow! So it was just like, oh shit! Like it was great, you know. And then everyone was just going hard as shit, <laughs> myself included. <laughs> Double dose. What time did you leave? Oh, I, I think two, two, three. Wow. And we found out people were still there at eight at night. We're like, should we go back? Should we go back? Oh mm -hmm. shit! Yeah. yeah. That's fucking insane. <laughs> I remember too. <laughs> Two things I remember. First, I remember going into my pocket to grab like I think some more mushrooms or something like that. And as I ran down, I just went like, hmm. I went down. And then my two friends, who I still have friends with today, there were a couple, and they brought me to the roof. And I was like, okay, okay. Wow. And then the girl I was dating at the time, we had a, what are they called? Like poppers? Oh, yeah, the smelling thing? Yeah. But she had them in like her, her overalls. So she was getting like a constant thing. So I remember leaving out the back exit with her like fireman's carried over my shoulder. Damn, That's how we left the garage. Wait, so you guys had poppers back then too? Yeah, sometimes they put them in through the air vents too. That's what, what I heard about uh, Studio 54. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah sometimes they put... Are we talking about the same thing? Yeah, like amyl nitrate, right? Yeah, Is like it? the computer cleaner shit. I don't know. It's like a popper. Like with the, isn't that the like the whipped cream container? The stuff that you sniff. Remember? You sniff. But it was in. Um, you put Austin. it on a. You put it on a rag or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did it in Austin. But right? it was in Austin, yeah, exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah. So like that ten second, twenty. Second Everyone. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's saying it's like you know, it's mostly in gay clubs that that uh, that poppers because it opens up your asshole. It relaxes your asshole. <laughs> I, never, I never knew that. I yeah. never. I never even heard of that. Pete's yeah. Face is like what? So like when, like when you sniff it, right, it gives you this head rush. Right. The poppers, right? Right. I think it is electric, like like computer cleaner. Yeah. Like but keyboard cleaner or like. It's like, like NOS. It's like, yeah. It's yeah. It's something. Yeah. So yeah. like we were in, in this gay club um, during South by Southwest in Austin, right? Yeah. But they were having like these events there. And but they were selling these poppers across on the counter. Like yeah. wow, like, like you could get it. Yeah, like they they were just behind the bar. <laughs> Let me get two Heinekens and a yeah. popper. <laughs> wow, so That's like crazy. So uh, D Miles tried to drink it. No, it was, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, remember that? is that why he's not here? He's still recovering. <laughs> what, what, what happened was? Let me explain. What happened was uh, the homie handed over to D Miles, and D Miles looked at it and he thought it was like a 
five hour energy shit. Uh. So he went to <laughs> to take it. And they stopped. And they, our boy like slapped that out of his hand. Yeah. Like, thankfully. That would have been a lot more than five hour energy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I took it and it was, it's like in a, it's like a good five, six second head rush. Right. Right. But it's, it's pretty fucked up because it feels like something mm-hmm. squeezing your brain a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Kind. That's how I felt. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> I don't care what we were talking about this. It was good to take when we were coming down off your other drugs. Really? Yeah. That was good to take when you're coming down? Yeah, because it would give you that little lift up again, you oh, know? Oh, shit. Yeah. Maybe we're not talking about the same no, thing. No, it, 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 it is. It is. I think it is. It's in a little... Sometimes you put like a, a rag on it or something yeah. and you'd sniff the rag. Because I felt drowsy yeah, no. as fuck. I was like, oh, I was like out of it. You must have been taking some crazy yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you did most it was of a me. lot. Oh, never mind. I was going to ask him a weird question. But yeah, let's go. No, no, go ahead. And I was like, were you just doing mushrooms for the most part in those? No, no. We were, <laughs> okay. we were doing like ecstasy. But there was like, there was no alcohol served at that no. garage, right? Yeah. So, Wait, oh, there was no alcohol? Oh, no, no. No bar. As I said, the, the back refresh room had big bowls of water, punch, cookies. Yeah. All this is all Wait, free. So, so the mushrooms for you was like a cliff bar, right? That was like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I needed some carbs to burn, you know. Oh, shit. But no, we would do like, yeah, we would do. I mean, ecstasy was a huge staple. Yeah. Sometimes mescaline or mescaline and ecstasy. Wow. And then do a little coke before that Larry kicks was in. doing a lot of coke back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. That's why he was able to stay up until like three Holy in the afternoon shit. with the DJ. Yeah, <laughs> he's not big. fucking around. But it was weird, though. It wasn't. I don't know, maybe it was. I just didn't <laughs> I said, wasn't that druggy a club? But maybe I was the druggie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of my homies that his mom went to Studio Fifty Four. I was having a conversation with her, and she said, "Yeah, they used to put mad drugs on those air vents." At yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't every, believe they used to put poppers in the fucking air vents. He goes, "Yeah, everybody up. would get going. Like everybody was on something every yeah. inside the club." That pop, pop, poppers is known to open, you know, to relax your. That's what it's known now for. I never knew that. Yeah, because as soon as I, I bring up poppers to someone, they're like, what are you, like, relaxing your asshole? <laughs> yeah. You're getting ready for something to enter your it's asshole? It's more potent now than it was back then. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, wow. I'm like, oh, that's why it was at a gay club. Yeah. It's just relaxing. <laughs> yeah, we later Before entry, that. right? Somebody told us that. <laughs> Wait, so Paradise Garage... Are you DJing at this point, the last year? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then, so... Well, you're not DJing at Paradise Garden. Oh, God, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, 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 That would be insane. <laughs> that, yeah. that would be, yeah. So, yeah. so then you went on tour with, like, the TomTom Club? Yeah, yeah. How did you... Was this around the same time, or... No, no this no? was later. later. This was about 91. From when I saw 92. it, 91, 92. With a fly, no, no, I saw no. it was from 92. 92, yeah. So, so then... From 88, 89, 90, you were DJing in New York. Yes. Yeah, and you were at all these. I have a question. Was you at um, Palladium? Was you spinning at Palladium? Or? I, I bartended at Palladium. Bartending, okay. Oh, yeah. So you were bartending and DJing everywhere. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty wow. much. Um, Damn. Yeah. And at the time, like the big clubs was Palladium, um, Nels, Limelight. Mars. Mars, yeah. I played Mars. Okay, yeah. Um, it was a big one. Where else? I did. I don't know if you remember Payday. Of course, yeah. With Moxie. Oh shit, yeah. Yeah, I did. I did Payday. I was. I was, it was funny because when they did, it was like a. Wait, school. wait, wait. When it was in the building, or when? Um, no, before when it was like in the a building. school. It was like in a school gymnasium down Cause, in cause Remington and move different locations. Because at one time right. they did it at um, Evan Plaza. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, this was when it was at the school in Rivington, uh-huh. and there'd be a house DJ, which was me, and a hip hop DJ, which was Mike G from Jungle Brothers. From the J- yeah. Wow. yeah. Wait, wait, was crazy. it the um? Yeah, was it at the um, 
Hotel Amazon? No, I played. But no, but that, that, did you play that? Though? Yeah, yeah. Damn, that, was, <laughs> that was before this, though. That was before okay. this. But right. um, yeah, and I remember it's so funny because like you, it was like a school gym, right? Auditorium. So there's a stage. So you'd walk in and there'd be like all these chairs and all these dudes with the Jungle Brothers like crew. Uh-huh. And I'd walk through and they'd be like, you know, they when they came in, they'd be like shaking everyone's hand. And then they get to me and kind of look at me. It might be like, no, no, he's cool. They're like, okay. I'm like, how are you doing? Because like, I was young, man. I just started DJing and stuff. Uh-huh. So, Damn, they, were, man. they were super nice. They were very cool. So but, were you listening to everything, though? You were yeah, yeah, you, you did. You know, and it's funny. I remember we were talking about Hotel Amazon. I remember telling Shecky this, too, of like back back then, and especially like late 80s and stuff like that, when you were at like a club, especially those, those clubs, again, because everything was underground, right? Mm-hmm. So you'd have like hip-hop dudes. Yeah. You'd have like... I don't know, like punk dudes, like, and I was more like, punk in the, I was club, more like, yeah, club kids, yeah, you had models, you had this, but everyone mixed together. Yeah, yeah. like I when I started, I was more like a punk. Like I had the M1 jacket and the Doc Martens and right. all that shit. That's how I was coming in the late '80s. That's how I dressed, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then it started becoming more in the '90s. Then it was more hip. You gotta remember too, like hip hop fashion wasn't hip hop fashion in the '80s. It was like spike bracelets. You remember? <laughs> like, oh, that was like during the Bambada years. You know what I'm <laughs> so saying? Though, but, it but I'm saying it wasn't as, it didn't become so established until like the 90s. Going into the, like the like, late you know, 80s. Like, the late yeah. 80s going into like the, the 90s. The LLs yeah. and stuff like yeah. that started breaking it. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when motherfuckers was wearing like the boots, like the big boots. And like it was, the, it was just, it was just such, and like they were trying to look futuristic and shit, right? Yeah. yeah, it was more of a melting pot of just downtown mm-hmm. underground shit. It didn't matter. That was that was the more commonality than whether you were listening to hip hop or whatever else. Yeah. Oh wow. You know. Um, yeah, but what else? Mars is big. Um, what was it, what was your favorite spot to DJ back then? Oh, Nels, without a question. Wow. Yeah, Nels was. It's fucking best. nuts, man. Yeah, yeah. I had some great nights there, and it was, and no, and you know, no. And the other thing was, the crowd was fucking great. Like you know, what I mean, some you could have a woman who was like a teller at Chase, and she knew like all the jams. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they just knew it, and no one asked you for shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, you never got requests. You got like you always have a group of like Rastas and be like, "Hey, man, you got to play the reggae." You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm playing it, but that was it. No one was crushing Bad Bunny. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then, you know, they go, you play it soon. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to it. And then you play it and they dance and then they go chill out again. You know what I mean? Like right. no one. And, and the other thing was <clears throat> back then there was club music and there was radio music. Mm. And the two did not meet. Right. Yeah. Whereas now everything you're playing in the club is on the radio. Mm-hmm. Really? They didn't meet at all. Come on. Nope. I mean, you were hearing bad uh, Michael Jackson in, in Paradise Garage, you know? Yeah. But yeah, was it hitting the clubs like a lot of these? A lot of this music hitting the clubs first, though. Before, oh it got yeah, 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 for sure. So the, you guys, for sure, like, you guys are definitely from the era where they would hear the song first from you, and they'd be like, "What is that?" So you, oh, absolutely. You were absolutely. The so you were like breaking records. Absolutely, and that's why like I'd have like someone like Russell Simmons at Nell's every week going like, "How's do you play that? How'd that go over? What was that? You know, mm. you'd be asking. You know, people would be asking you, "What's you know?" And then it, how's the reaction? Yeah. So like. Can you name a record that you were playing and you knew it was going to be a hit and it just started bubbling and then you heard it on the radio later? Probably, yeah, probably the biggest, so many, biggest right? one, Yeah. The biggest one I remember is it was the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving and I was playing at Nell's and it was fucking just crazy going off. And uh, pal Joey comes up to me, who's a friend of mine, also a, a DJ there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, dude, I just came from the studio. I got this cassette. It's the new Madonna. It's crazy. 
I was like, oh, he's like, you got to hear it. And I don't know if you remember. Oh, anyway, Nels had a, a cassette deck behind it on the on the thing, so you could record your set. You played a cassette. So I played. I fucking listened. To it. I go, I'm gonna play it. And I played it, and it was Justify My Love, the one with Lenny Kravitz oh. on it. And I was like, oh, man. and I played it like three times that night. Fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah. And that's the first time you heard it? Yeah, he just came from the studio. I mean. Oh, my God. Oh, so he kind of, like, swiped it. Or yeah, he made a copy of it in the studio and then brought it to me at the club, like, Shit. an hour later. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember in the early 2000s when <clears throat> I was DJing, if I was playing records that that people never heard and it just went off. I, like, that part of my head, like, probably I forget in the, it. In the club. Do you remember? Sand, probably. Like, Do you remember any records that you would just test out and you would just play it? Like we, a lot of the songs by the two thousands, like we heard it on the radio, kind of first, right? You know, so funny when, um, when I had moved to Vegas already and I was going to New York, there was like a couple of songs I got that was being played in New York that wasn't played in Vegas. Yeah, 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 of course. Like I remember playing. Um, That's what New York was the epicenter, right? Yeah, I remember playing "Beware the Boys," Jay Z and um, Pajami MC. Right. They was they was playing that in New York. Nobody was playing that in Vegas. But I came it, to Vegas. Played it for the first time at light, and everybody went crazy. Right, just because of the the Indian, the Indian music. Right, da, 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 da. so that was like a, a perfect. That was like one of the first songs I was playing. I hear that wasn't nobody was playing. Yeah, I, I got a good reaction. Like in the early two thousands, and I don't even know if you can if you can understand this. No, no, I, you I, know? I know what you're saying because sometimes it did. The mixtape had it before it hit the radio, but that was my equivalence to that. But. What I I remember uh, never telling me that he had in the club way before it came out and way before it was on rotation anyway. I'm trying to think. Remember that record with Fifty Cent and Biggie in the 2000s? Oh, realist. the realist nigga. The realist. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I remember playing that in the club and people not knowing what the fuck. I had it that was. early. I had, had that early. Yeah. And everyone just going to fuck off like, "Yo, is this Biggie?" And then it's yeah. like, "Yeah." And they just went the fuck off. Because that dude was ranting in the beginning. Right. And then was like, yo, what is that? What is that? Yeah. And then that was when like you got a mixtape. Like everything you played, I need it because they couldn't get the songs. Mm-hmm. So that's when you would sell mixtapes. I would sell mixtapes yeah. for like $20. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause they couldn't get the fucking music. Yeah, because that's how yeah. we got we got clue mixtapes, envy mixtapes, all the desert storm stuff from New York, but they were selling for 20 bucks in LA. And, but all that shit yeah. had like tags and stuff like that. So you was like Dude, I don't even remember that. Like, <laughs> like I don't even remember how how that feeling was back then. To just that was a great feeling. to just be yeah. like, yo, this is gonna work in the club, and you know it's gonna work. Like you know, like this is a dope song. It's gonna work, mm-hmm. and you play it, and it works. And people don't definitely don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, but yeah. they just vibe off of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I would never do that now. Now you can't do it. You no. can't do it. They wouldn't anyway because they'd be like, I don't know this. Right, yeah, people this too. A, people you know, too in like, my Spotify list. Yeah, you know what? It's funny when I was um, interning at Kiss FM back in 1990, and I had just started going to clubs, so I was familiar with like a lot of the club songs. And we used to have meetings with the program director, and she used to be like, "Hey, what song <gasps> is big in the clubs right now that you think could be played in the radio?" And I remember saying, yo, D-Light, Groove is in the Heart is a big song in the clubs. And they started playing it like a week later. Really? I'm I feel like I deserve a gold plaque for <laughs> 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 yeah, And then it was funny. And they played, they used to play the version without Q-Tip. And I was like, you got to play the version with Q-Tip. But at the time, they wasn't playing rap music. That's what I was going to say, too. Like, even if they did, like, there wasn't, they weren't playing club music on the radio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I remember like, 
BLS would have like the lunch hour with John Davidson. Yeah. He played like house music for an hour. Or there'd be like you know a show. Yeah, they, they, yeah but it wasn't like a station. It wasn't like hot like hot now. Like we're but, but Kiss day. FM. There was they did started playing like like I said. This is like ninety. They started playing the full <laughs> songs, but on prime time. But they didn't have like the rap version. They played like a clean, the cleanest version right, you could right, think right. of. Right. Oh my yeah. god! Nowadays, yeah. even if you play something that. Like, I remember I was in L.A., and this was before it came out, really, to the West Coast, was uh, Welcome to the Party by Pop Smoke. I tried it out, and the whole fucking room just stopped. Mm. And I was like, ugh, got to get out of here. <laughs> like, <wait. laughs> But it just, yeah, people don't even, like, give it a chance now. It just The difference is, like, you went to a club, and you didn't expect to hear songs you knew or songs right. from the radio. They were club songs. It or was a, completely you know. a different relationship. Yeah, I would someone. go to this one club. I think it was called Tracks on 17th Street on Tuesday nights, another like gay club. And um, uh, what was the guy's name now? I'm blanking on it. But anyway, he would DJ. And I, I would go because I knew at least once or twice a night, I'd have to run up to the DJ booth and be like, what's that song? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, he was really nice and say, oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, wait. When when do you think is the 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 year or around the era of when DJs started losing control of that? Was it the MP3 era? I would say during the MP3 era. Yeah, the, like the iPod. What era is that? What do you mean that what DJs would stop breaking records? Yeah, yeah. Like when I feel like Napster. No, I think you, no, DJs were still breaking like, records before that. I mean, after that, not really. No. Nah. Because grinding was after that. There was still records after that that I remember DJs breaking. I mean, Rihanna, <laughs> Cypher Sounds broke her and stuff like that. It was way past Napster. Napster was I, early 2000s. I no, I'm not saying it's the, be- I'm the beginning of when like DJs started to lose control yeah, yeah. of I think it was the pushing iTunes, records. It was iTunes, right? Yeah, exactly. Wasn't it also a bottle service? Was it like 06, 07, yeah, I want to say? Because then you started conforming to the clients who were oh. buying bottles. Yeah, I remember I was at... I was That's at DJ, what it was. I was DJing at Bungalow 8, right. and uh, Amy Sarko comes up. She's like, yo, this guy just bought these bottles. You know, Who wants to hear Biggie? I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 great. You know, oh. She's like, now. And I'm just doing that, and I'm playing. And I'm thinking now. like, okay, yeah, I'll get to it, like three or four songs. Right. Or I'm there. And I play like another record, and I look over, and she's like... I'm like, what? She's like, Biggie? I'm like... Oh, now? She goes, yeah. I go, oh, okay. Just like, put it on. Like, everyone's, no one cared. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe that, that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's the, what it was, right? Yeah. It's kind box. of a mixture of MP3s, I think, mm-hmm. because then the power of music started becoming uh, more accessible, accessible to people. To get, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to go and get a physical copy. They could download it and they could just, and they were reliant on whatever songs were on iTunes anymore. And that, yeah. it had to be like around 2002. 2003. It wasn't that bad then. I think it was later. I think bit. it was later because even that, we still had to listen to the radio here. Because I, I would say 2003 because I remember going on Napster, you used to be able to get songs that I had a hard time getting. Right. Even on vinyl, like it wasn't officially out, but they would have it on, on Napster. Because I, I would still wait on like at the radio, listening to the radio like late at night when they're about to premiere a new song. So I still did that to like... No, because you're right, because Napster was when there was like leaks. There was like album yeah, exactly. leaks. It was all I remember shit. like Magic Stick from 50 was leaked on Napster. That was me. leaked, yeah. But that was old. And it's so funny because the version they had, they only had half the song, but that song was so dope. I would play that fucking half the song and then go back to the beginning. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Wait, so you would burn that shit on CD and play the CD? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is like... You know, it's funny. We had this uh, mixer war conversation. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a bunch of uh, like hip-hop DJs saying that, you know, four-channel mixers is EDM mixers. And I, they didn't realize, like, in the 2000s, 
you know, we needed two channels for like turntables and two channels for like CDJs. And I'm not talking about the pioneer CDJs that you guys see. I'm talking about like these. The one you just Remember the one with the little drawer that would slide out that denim shit? The denim shit. The door slide open. That a Jet East. Yeah, man. There's two. There was like, there was two compartments. There was two portions of it, right? Yeah. It was one where the doors came open and then there was another that was like kind of like a VHS. It had like VHS oh, controls yeah, yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you yeah. can like speed through songs and yeah. you can kind of cue it. I remember that. watching Neva for the first time. I, it was at Light in New York. Mm-hmm. And you were juggling vinyl and CDs. Yeah. He was playing Nirvana, doing a rock set. He was, and he was just bouncing with CDs. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I, I got to step my shit up because <laughs> he sounded flawless. Everything was on beat, it was with the CDs. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to learn how to do shit in CDs. And back then, we would carry a book of CDs. Yeah. You'd have to hit that start button right at the right mm-hmm. time. Right? Yep, That's exactly. what it was about. Yeah. And then you could always like, and it was like that um, that plus and minus so you can mix it and slow it down, which was cool. Mm-hmm. But it was like everyone had a book of CDs. Yeah. Of all of these songs you didn't have on vinyl. Yeah. And then also it's like just in case something happened to like a turntable or whatever. You have a mid CD. You had all this. And, and just putting together like. One disc of all of these rock songs, and then another one with all these eighties oh, the and 80s organized- disco. Yeah, yeah, everything, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, the amount of shit we had to carry back then was crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. thank it's you insane. guys. Thank you guys. I appreciate. It. Oh, god, <laughs> you guys man. walk for we can all rock. You know, I think too, like those, those two co- kind of coincide: the bottle service and the Napster. Like they're right around the right. same time. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it was around the per- early two thousand. It was the know? perfect marriage to destroy, like. The, the the whole scene of whole everything, DJ, yeah. yeah, and also too the scene right around that time too is when the scene changed to like way more corporate clubs, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, maybe like maybe towards the late two thousands, right? No. Oh no no no, you're no, right, no, marquee no, no. and yeah, because everything changed. Everyone said after nine eleven, right? I was gonna say what's a yeah. what's a corporate club. Well, it was just like, more like before, like they were super underground. They were all illegal. They're all laundering money for the mob and stuff like that. Right. And like the guys who were like running and were like hippies or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? But now it's like you have all these guys like you go to like and they're all like in suits and they have like their, Wall Street workers. Yeah. And they have wow. a company, you know, uh, whatever their, you know, yeah. company is and all this shit. And everyone gets paid in a check and everyone has a W9 and all that shit. Right. That's true. So when it became like real legal, <laughs> like, it, it, they, yeah, became started a, doing paperwork. A, a totally shit. different animal, you know? Yeah. It started becoming like structured and formulaic yeah. in the 2000s. There's position. Yeah. Because then they were like, oh, we can do this formula in Vegas and we could like spread this around and create chains. And yeah. And it was like, like oh, well, now we're not relying on the, the underground people, you know, the outcasts. Now we're going for the bankers. Mm-hmm. And they're going to put their club. You know, remember the club shirt with the design on the cuff? You cuffed oh, yeah, it yeah, up yeah. and the, you had your nice jeans. And like you were like, yeah, yeah it's club ready. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that before. Like in Vegas, you needed the Kenneth Cole shoes. Uh-huh. You needed like the the stiff pants, like not the, too the, baggy. The button up shirt, or like the, the jeans with like the whatever the thing on the thing was. You know? <laughs> oh my god! I let, yeah. let's before. So like, I want to go back a little bit. So I, you were going on tour with Tom. Yeah, Tom how Club. did that oh, yeah. happen? Okay, so I moved to LA. 90, 91, something like that, okay? And hooked up with a friend of mine who was part of that English crew, mm-hmm. this guy Dave Wichard, called him Big Dave. And uh, so he was out there. So we started doing 
party together. Did did Genius of Love come out by this time? Oh yeah, yeah, way come. Uh, yeah, Genius of Love came out like in 83, 82, 82, 82. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. This is like <laughs> sorry. 90. So anyway, so then what happened was <clears throat> we were doing our parties, and we did you know we did really well. That's when um, Marcus Wyatt and those guys were doing uh, brass and stuff like that. You know, Delicious Vinyl was really big back then. So anyway. He was friends with this guy, Nick Egan, who's a video director, okay? He did tons of stuff. Look him up. I mean, he's incredible. Anyway, he was working with NXS doing oh, wow. videos. So he brought Michael Hutchinson to some of my gigs, and we hit it oh, off shit. and kind of became friends. So, we were, so they came, and then Soup Dragons went on tour with NXS. So Michael Hutchinson brought Sean Dixon and so we became good friends, still are to this day. And Soup Dragons went on tour with Tom Tom Club, and he brought me on. And that's how I met Tom Tom Club and ended up touring with them. How long did you do that? So did you ditch all your New York gigs? I was, yeah, because I was in, what happened was I was in LA. Okay, I was in LA, and then the riots happened. So oh, I was like, wow. I'm out. <laughs> I was like, I'll go back to New York. Like, this is crazy. Wait, you're talking about the... Um, 92 riots. 92 riots, yeah. The Ronnie King one. The Ronnie, Ronnie King. King ones, yeah. Oh, shit. I remember I was at, like, Olive's. I think I was trying to get, like, a bartending job or something. And I just finished my interview, and I'm watching the TV. And they're like, live from Simi Valley, the, the verdict in the Rodney King case. And it's like, not guilty. I'm like, can I have my check? Like, I'm getting the fuck out of here right oh, now. I'm going shit. home, you know. Um, yeah. And what happened was we were doing a lot of, like... Um, underground clubs in downtown LA before downtown LA was nice. So we, we had like a really nice mixed crowd and stuff like that. We had some guys from Booyah Tribe doing security and blah, blah, blah. Booyah Tribe. Well, you had the good ones. <laughs> so, so, you know, we knew that after the Rodney King thing, we couldn't do those parties anymore for a long time. So I said, oh, okay. I was getting ready to move back. Met these guys. He's like, we're going on tour. I was like, great. Came home to New York for the summer. And then September, I think it was, or yeah, September, I went on tour for like till the following Thanksgiving. Oh wow! Yeah, That's was it like a world tour or was it like just uh, the states? states? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow, Damn, man. man, you got so many roots I know. in the game. <laughs> yeah, it's I know, right? nuts. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? The touring? Yeah. Yes and no. Yeah, sometimes it was fun. You know, we did it get redundant or yeah. Sometimes we would just totally fuck around. And you had like you know, he was on tour with Public Enemy. We did was one, on the tour. Yeah, we did oh, Public Enemy. Show. We did Black. the opening night with Public Enemy, right. which was really cool. And Black Sheep, right? Yeah, Black Sheep. We were on tour with them for a while. Yeah. Um, Public Enemy was really cool. I remember like Flavor Flav like busting in the room like, Flavor Flav. We're like, oh, shit. <laughs> that was a great show. And I was on stage for their show because I was DJing like the, the whole concert. Oh, really? We had different people and stuff like that. So like, well, Terminator X wasn't there. Terminator X was here, but I was over like on this side. Oh wow! So I set up. So I saw them, and they were, like had like they had like this little like walkway under the stage, and I guess they would point. And these security guys would get these girls, and they'd like bring these oh, girls shit, really? under the <laughs> stage. It's like oh shit! Damn! <laughs> oh my god! Not Chuck D. <laughs> I don't know who they were. For. I can see Flav doing. I don't some know who they're like for, but I'm just saying. You can't see Chuck D doing that. I can't that. say I can't see Chuck doing it. Fucking Flavor Flav have a whole show of just women. What do you think Chuck D did him? after the show? He went back and studied or something? He, he did, yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> he looked, say that looked was, at the news to see what was happening. That was a great, that was a great, that was one of the best hip-hop shows I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Wow. I saw them, when I worked at The World, we started doing a hip-hop night there. And the first act, we it was a Wednesday night, so we did them. And the first act we had was Public Enemy. 
with the S1s on stage oh, with the flags and shit. Oh, shit. And then we, we had Public Enemy the first week. Spoonie G did they have the second that, week. Uh, which album did they have out? The first or second? The first. The first one. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then we had Spoonie Which G. Which is the Bum Rush week. the Show album, right? Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been crazy. Oh, know? it was yeah. nuts. And I remember MC Search was just this kid. He was a dancer. And when the bands would stop, these kids would get on stage and he would do all these crazy dances. You're like, ah, oh, see this like big go, guy. Go white boy. Yeah. Go white boy. <laughs> it was crazy. And it, it was really, we had really great people until like, of course, you know, something, the door person gets shot and they're like, okay. Oh right. man. I got, no more hip hop night. I got jumped in. in Front of the world. Oh, you told me. You told me. Yeah, yeah. Back in '89, they took my Nautica jacket. Oh, shit. <laughs> Are you but, they, but, they, but they ain't take it. They ripped it. I make sure they, they ripped it off of me, so nobody was gonna have that. I heard they cut it, right? <laughs> they cut it, and I got I got um, slashed in the back. Shit. Oh, you did, did you have you a scar? I still have the scar. Yeah. Damn, man. Who gets to see that? You <laughs> <laughs> need some poppers for that. <laughs> 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 We're gonna let loose a little bit. Hey. <laughs> oh That's fucking nuts. Wait, wait. So, so yeah. So we were on, you know, we were on tour with those, you know. Yeah. It was, it, it had, you know, it was fun, and sometimes it was fucking tedious, you know. And I also, I also remember too, like thinking, like, wow, like they don't get it. Like all the like, the the stars or the main guys in the groups, like those are the guys that got to get up at like six in the morning and do a radio interview yeah, or yeah. go meet. It's a it's a fucking lot. It seems grueling. It's a, it's a lot more than you think. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then you were thankful to come back and, and be done with that kind of th- shit, right? Yeah. Was you cool yeah. with um, the Tom Tom Club? Like, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I still, yeah, yeah. yeah still you still know. cool with them? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw them one time I was in the Hamptons and there. I was like, oh, shit. Now their kid is their DJ. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Kid Ginseng. Wait, so... It, was there a time when you did the MTV Mu- Video Music Awards? No, 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 no. You didn't have, do the MTV Music Awards? No, but I got a crazy shout out. Yeah. yeah I, I thought you had did the, um, the party, the MTV um, Awards party or after party. Well, tell them why. No, no. Like, never always brings this up when we talk about you. <laughs> yeah, you tell the story. <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, for me, the story was I had my friend, this guy, Shu, used to manage Serena under the Chelsea uh-huh. I used to, I used to, and threw a lot of parties and stuff like that. Anyway, he like called me up, I think, and he's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I'm like, "Dude, what?" He's like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Turn on MTV, turn on MTV." So I turn on, and there's Will Farrell, like giving, like I guess he won like the funniest host award or whatever. He's like, "And I want to give a shout out to my man DJ Porkchop, holding it down every Saturday at Marquee." <laughs> Like what? I don't remember, you know. And I and I said to the guy, and then this this goes to the whole DJ Porkchop thing. But anyway, I was like, he never would have shouted me out if that wasn't my name. What's up? We get you know what I mean because it's like a funny you know he wants yeah. to use it. He's so like, did you did you was he there listening to you? He like, he would come into Marquee. On so Saturday you know nights. him a little bit? No, no, I would be DJing. But he knew of you. Yeah. He would be, they'd be like, oh, Will Would he come by and say, what's up to you? Be like, hey, what's up? Or, Not really. Maybe like walk by and be like, you know, but he never like talk to me or anything. So then he was, and then he won an what award and this? said, shout to DJ Porkchop yeah, at Marquee. Yeah, he was like going through this whole thing. He went this whole like thing like, yeah, I want to say what's up to my man, Nelly. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. It was just like, he was just bullshit. Wait, so when did you become Porkchop? Okay. Because I know you as Porkchop. Yeah. Um, late 90s. I was kind of, I was bartending and I started, I was DJing and I started bartending again. And uh, I'd have a lot of these friends in the restaurant business. And back in the day, I think now it's more 24-7, but Mondays used to be the day, n- days that a lot of restaurants were closed. They'd be open Sunday, but they closed Monday. 
right? So they'd be like, mm-hmm. what should, you know, they knew I was a nightclub person. Like, what should we do? There's nothing to do on Monday. So I was like, yeah, okay. So I was like, I'm going to start doing a party on Mondays. So I did a party at this place called Obet from the guy Tom, I want to say his Frisk or Sisk. He ended up opening Central Fly. Oh, wow. Okay, so I did. Central Fly was like, if you don't know, in New York. I was about to ask, what is it? It was just one of the dopest clubs that I've ever seen. It's in the old Mm -hmm. tramp space, which has crazy history. Mm -hmm. It was just the coolest spot. Yeah. And downstairs, like Mark Ronson would DJ and you play hip hop. Yeah, I did, I did the main floor. I did opening night and yeah. DJ for a while. But. There was this one block, and I could be wrong. There was one block, and on that block was Centrifly and like Cheetos. Cheetos was across the street. Justin's. And Justin's. Yeah. Later. The restaurant. Yeah. 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 But it was like Cheetos, Justin's, and Centrifly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was insane. And then there was like this. And then was it billiards. Limelight around the corner? Well, Limelight had closed already. Limelight had closed already, but that was because this was on like, this was like 22. Yeah. You know, and Limelight was 20. So. Yeah, that's what, but yeah, yeah. still, it was like. Close the, enough. Yeah, yeah, close, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now that I think about it, when, whenever we whenever we refer to like New York, like nightlife eras, it's always pertaining to like a certain neighborhood or a block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Look the at two, the whole yeah. Kane Marquee. Kane, like block. the meatpacking di- district at one point. And, you yeah. know, it just moved, it kept moving around and yeah. all that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so you was, so wait, uh, what, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, okay. So I started doing the party Monday night for okay, yeah. people in the restaurant business. So I started doing that. And then they're like, you know, this is really good marketing. Like, you know, we should tell our liquor rep about it. So I was like, okay. So we started doing some stuff. And then they opened Sensor Fly and it got, you know, no one cared. Right. Cause it turned, you know, so then I was thinking about it. So I had this, I knew this guy um, who was doing stuff for Tangeray. So I said, Hey man, you know, you got like, an hour you want to meet up for lunch or something i got an idea i want to throw at you he goes yeah okay so i said i want to do a party for restaurant servers or bartenders and stuff and i, and I called it born to serve like born to ride you know and we made up a tattoo of it and all yeah, this yeah. shit and so he's like that's a great idea i was just at something and let me go talk to grand Manier. so we talked to grand Manier, and they're like yeah so they threw all this money at us but i had to have a i had to have a corporation right so I was like, okay, I had to name a corporation. So we were just fucking around trying to think of stuff. And back then, too, it was like all about, like, you know, homegrown and all this stuff. And I was like trying to think of something like that. So I just, I remember I had a joke with a friend, like, about, you know, you, you had to put a pork chop around your neck for the family dog to play with you or whatever. Yeah. So I thought pork chop. I was like, oh, I'll do pork chop productions. Like, oh, that's great. Yeah. So I did that for these parties, which lasted about two years. We did them in New York, Miami, Atlanta, really successful. Um, so then I kept the company because I was like, oh, I can write all this shit off and this and that. Mm-hmm. So now I'm working at Marquee and Patrick Robin, Roberts, Robertson, the manager, is like, is like, oh, I check like pork chop. He starts calling me pork chop through that. I never like called myself pork chop. I never, that was never my so thing. So you were proclaimed pork chop. Yeah. yeah someone gave it. Oh. And then it just kind of caught on. So then I was like, well, fuck it. Let me just go with it because it seems to be. You know, it's one of those names, like my company is called Pork Shop Productions. Like you go to the bank and they're like, oh, what's that? Like the teller would be like, oh, that's such a cute name. What is it? You know, and so people remembered it as well as Will Farrell did. Like I said, right. my name was Peter. He probably never would have mentioned me at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, and Patrick did it. And then, and the funny thing was when I started going to Kane and stuff like that, I started, you know, they wanted me to do these like big fashion things, you know, Vanity Fair or Gucci or whatever it was, but they're like, but they don't want to hire a DJ Porkchop. 
because it's not good for their brand. Right. So I remember I'm talking to this like lawyer brander guy a couple of times on the phone. He's like, yeah, man, I don't think you can use pork chop because, you know, it sounds like you should have overalls on at a country fair or whatever. I go, yeah, okay. <laughs> so then we talk, a couple of days pass, and I go to call him back. I'm like, hey, Dave, or whatever his name was, you know, hey, this is Peter, I was talking to you. Yeah, I go, pork chop? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, Right. You, you remember know. this. <laughs> exactly. Wow. You know, so then when I came out to Vegas, that's when I was like, okay, I just use my name. So again. when you came out to Vegas, it was no more pork chop. Pork chop hid. Oh, that's a shame. Stayed in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would have been like, pork chop. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, like in New York in the 2000s, when did you move to Vegas, by the way? 2011. 2011. Yeah. So in the 2000s, you were at like One Oak, 105 Rivington. You, you know, mentioned Bungalow 8. Hero, Lotus, Marquee, Tao, The Box, Tribeca Grand, Jet East. You were at all of these clubs that me and Neville were at, pretty much. And, yeah. and Eddie, too. Eddie McDonald. And Eddie, yeah. The yeah. same to Eddie McDonald. Like, we must have, like, walked past each other, like... Yeah, I don't... How did we not... Were we not in the same circles? I know. And I didn't, I didn't see you at all. And even Marquee. Yeah. I would have definitely saw you at Marquee I was upstairs. Every Saturday. No, I was on the main floor. Oh, you were on the main floor. Q-tip was upstairs, yeah. Q-tip was upstairs. Yeah. Wow, that's fucking... So what made you come to Vegas? Um, when the Cosmopolitan opened, and then this company, Blue Ribbon, mm, Blue who Ribbon. I, do, I did all their yeah. music for it for the longest time, and I bartended for them. That's where like I first that. met That's where I first yeah. met you. You were DJing at Blue Ribbon right. uh, in, uh, in Vegas. Yeah, and, and what it was was like... So near the end of my time in New York, when I was doing started doing like... so. Again, I was doing like Marquee and I was doing all these big clubs and I was doing the main room Saturday night and it was great. Okay. But I started to be like, you know what, man, I want to start playing like some more like new disco shit, some indie dance stuff. I just wanted to change. I was like, I'm not happy just being the guy. Because when you're at Marquee, you got to play, you know what I mean? Like, all the hits. The yeah, you don't ladies. have a so, lot of leeway to play your so shit. So in the 80s and 90s, you were like a dance and a house DJ, right? Yes. And then in the 2000s, you became an open format DJ, pretty much like a mashup DJ or. You played, had to play everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, more a little. I mean, I started off like when I was doing Central Fly. I was still a, mostly a house DJ. So what? When was that? That was what? Early two thousand. Early nineties, two thousand, something like yeah. that. And then once I got to like Marquee, then or maybe a little before Marquee. Come on, Marquee was, was like two thousand four. Yeah. So say like two thousand two, I started doing more open format stuff. When the, you know, when like the bad boy stuff was hitting yeah. and stuff like that. They they call it the jiggy rap, ever, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, is that what it is now? <laughs> I've, so. had J I've had Jason Strauss come to me and say, "Can you play some jiggy rap?" So it was like the jiggy rap era, Jason the early two thousands. Yeah, because uh, right, you so took over for me at Jet East when I moved out here. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You started doing the Hamptons. Yeah, in the best DJ booth in the world. Of Jet course, East. man. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> this DJ booth. <laughs> I was just saying, what's the DJ? Booth? This DJ booth. You had to. Uh. They, it was like you had to crawl in. It was oh, no, it was that one. It was a hole. Yeah, it was a yeah. It was right. a hole. It, was like, it would be like it would be like going under this table, but when all the other sides are sealed, so you had to walk under here. Yeah. yeah. So you had to like crawl. There was no like if you had to go to the bathroom. Oh, you had like, to crawl through there. Yeah, no, like you're killing it, right? You put on a long record and you're mm -hmm. killing it, and then everyone's like, "Oh man, the DJ!" And then you're crawling out, and then. They're like, oh, wait, you know, the DJ's crawling out. Make some space for him. And then you have to <laughs> go through the crowd. You got to run through the, the dance floor. <laughs> and then yeah. you got to crawl back in. Yeah. And it was the most, like, undignifying thing yeah, ever in man. the fucking I, world. I did a couple of water bottles back in the day. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> 
I'm sure you did. I've that done too. a couple as well. Yeah, <laughs> we've all done it. And remember too, like that was still records. Yeah, and no lights. Remember, you had to have all those candles I, dude, all I over. I got burned a couple of times. You'd have like wax. You'd have wax all over your records and shit. Oh my wax God. on, wax on. Uh. <laughs> the shit we had to go through, man. Yeah, I just. Yeah. I can't even remember like bringing your records on uh to on the Jitney to like yeah, to man. the Hamptons. Yeah. Oh my god. We had to, we had to take a bus. No, imagine from coming New York yo, to imagine the coming back and I'd be all fucking hungover and drunk and you had to carry have to carry the fucking records on the bus. Jesus. Do you guys ever play at the club called Show? Yeah. It was on 40th. I had to carry it upstairs. You fucking like the DJ booth was like you're like yeah. here against the ceiling, right? Yeah. I remember once I was there playing, and the, and the owner had the nerve to like say something about my shoes. I'm like, motherfucker! I'm like, was, it, was it Scott? I'm like four flights up. Like no one's gonna see me. What do you care? He was really bitching about. <laughs> he your said shoes. something. I forget. Like, oh, you're gonna wear those sneakers? I'm like, yeah, dude. I gotta walk up a step ladder with my crates of records. It's oh, actually man. reopened now as um, Nubia. It's a Korean club, right? The night I went, it was like that was reaching um, shortcuts. Is DJ? Oh, okay. Night. So it was like a. <laughs> From what I, like, no, no. I think it like opened as a Korean club and then it just it became something. Oh no 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 no! It was a Korean club. And, I think uh, it still is a Korean club, but then on Tuesday nights, I guess it's like um, industry. Yeah, like Richie a, Ro- no. Romero runs yeah, it, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, oh yeah. shit! The I same space. Yeah, yeah, same space. Shit. And remember when you came out at night and then there were no fucking cabs because all the kids, Ooh. all the people would get oh, out there. They needed to like I walk remember, with your crates, like, and then go back and get more crates and go over to Sixth Ave and try to get Ooh. a fucking cab. I remember the one uh, time I DJ there, it was I was filling for Crooked. Crooked asked me to fill in for him. Really at show? At show, yeah. And that was oh, like wow. the only time I DJ there, and it was so funny. It was a snowstorm that night. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? I had a hard time to get a fucking <laughs> cab to get back home. Why, why, why couldn't I do it? I don't know. And I was doing the upstairs, and I think Reach is doing like the main floor. Oh, I didn't even know there's an upstairs. There's an upstairs. No, there was um, there was two like levels. Big... No, no, uh, you're not thinking there. about show. No, it was it there. was show yeah. on Forty First. Yeah. Oh shit! Because it was like it had that balcony, but it was all yeah, open. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't know there was another room. Jesus yeah. Christ. I thought there was only one main room. <laughs> nah, they had I only that did too. the main room. And I think I did the upstairs and Reach did the main room. Oh shit. I remember when I it was, was just one. How was it? It was, was kind of, it was a snowstorm, so it was kind of slow that night. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh I remember it was just one DJ booth for the whole club all the way up, like fucking rafters, man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's where I was. Yeah, yeah. I remember. It was, it, that, was the, that was the club that actually made me, though. That, oh yeah? That blew me up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it was Unique and Kiki brought me over there. They, they, was that post PM? This is before PM. Uh, this is when they were doing. Uh, I think this is there. This is. I think that was Zara the last Phoenix? club I DJ in New York before I moved to Vegas. Or oh, really? Around yeah. that time, it was ninety. It was o two. It was o two or o three. Oh, probably o three. Yeah, o yeah. three. Yeah, this is when Unique and Kiki were doing Sarafinas, and then okay. they, they started a hip hop night. I actually DJed the first hip hop night at Pangea, and it was a Tuesday, I think, because they did Wednesdays, and then they had me doing Thursdays at show. And then show was when I started blowing up because I was like getting pictures at like, um, I don't know, like Junebug or whatever the fuck. Oh yeah, those, yeah, yeah, those yeah, websites yeah. did that like posted the nightclub pictures. Yeah, and they yeah. were like, and it was the planet, planet, club planet, or yeah, club planet and all that. Yeah, club planet. Yeah, they had that in the West Coast too. Yeah. Oh man. Once you said, I was like, oh, wait, I know the fuck that one. That was good too. You know, it was great too. Is when you had a residency back then. Mm-hmm. It was every week. Right. We've talked about this before, you know, out here where it's like something about like having that weekly 
yeah. residents to really build a night, really build. You can't, you can't do that out here anymore. You can't do it out here. Anywhere, yeah. I don't even know if New York does it. Uh, I don't think they do. Oh, wait, they, they, they kind of do. They they have their, like, Well, Mama does the Laban, right? Laban. Reach, Reach Laban, does on yeah. baby, um, baby Fat or Fat. Yeah, no, they still do it in New York. Baby Fat? Yeah. yeah. Wow. They still do it in New York. Yeah. They still do it in New York. I think in the West Coast, it's more... Everyone's rotating. Yeah, constantly. and a couple of DJs at night as yeah. opposed to one well, guy. Well, maybe everywhere else is just rotating pretty much. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think in certain cities they're still doing the weekly, but I love a weekly. I love a weekly too. I think Jerome Baker has a weekly, yeah. when I think about it. But it's his party, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like, the only way to That's That's the future, man. If you right. want to do a thing, you got to do your own party. That's the only way. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I I would love to do a weekly somewhere. Yeah. I would love it. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm looking give me, for give me space. Five, give me four to five hours and a weekly every week. Yeah. Yeah. I would you, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? I want to talk about, uh, like, because when we met, when we had lunch, you were talking about remixes. And mm-hmm. every time I hear you DJ, you DJ on the record, you're on, you're on the bus, you know, you're all over the town. And every time I hear you at, on the record, you're playing some edit that I've never heard before, some disco edit, some house edit, and I'm almost like, oh my god! I'm always like listening to some extended mix that you made or right. with different drums, and it's amazing. And I want to talk about the production side of what you've been doing, kind of recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's been a great thing. You know, that's been a great thing, and I've been, re- I really pushed production as a, a way to a. I thought it would be a way to. Um, uh, elevate my like DJ profile mm-hmm. you know what I mean um, and also it's just something I wanted to do so I really worked hard I decided I, I wanted to become proficient at it because you see a lot of these producers and they're fucking cranking shit out man I'm like damn how do they you know so I was like okay I gotta put in my I forget what that thing is like your was Philip Glass say it's like 30,000 hours yeah, or 10, whatever 10,000 hours 10,000 hours yeah so I was like okay so I just started doing it and then you know, when the pandemic hit, I was like, ah, oh, perfect. I just stayed in my studio and just produced and produced and produced and produced, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and now I'm doing like, I probably put out about a track a month now, you know. Wow. That's um, good. Yeah. And then I'm doing my own edits and I'm starting to put stuff out on Bandcamp. Um, you know, stuff that you just can't, you know, some stuff is just like I just finished, for example, I just finished doing an edit of uh, Human League, Don't You Want Me. Okay. And for some reason, I've I feel like that song has gotten new life for some. Reason, it has, yeah. Right. Yeah. People are playing it, and people are really responding to it. So anyway, so like I start, I, I I beefed the drums up, made the drums a little sound a little more modern, not so eighties, and then I started with the chorus because mm-hmm. that's all anybody wants to hear. Anyway, yeah. you know what I mean? Just stuff like that that just makes it more club friendly, you know. And um, are you are you selling any of these or are they? Are they yeah, yeah. I put them on Bandcamp. Yeah. Bandcamp. Yeah. What's your Bandcamp? Uh, just Shawboy. Shawboy. Yeah. Um, so I do that. And now, you know, I got a lot of uh, original tracks that I put on a lot of uh, labels in the UK, like uh, Midnight Riot, Super Spicy in Mexico, um, Tropical Disco. Uh, what else? Mango Sounds. You know, and now, and, and now it's funny because now I have labels asking me for tracks. That's dope. Which is nice, yeah, you know. And now I just finished a remix for this really good producer in Spain. Um, which was great because remixes for me are hard because it's like, you know, it's somebody else's song. So it's, you know, there's expectations, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was good. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, and I love doing it. I are you, really you going to, are you going to tour out there? Overseas? Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out now. You know, it just, I picked up, 
that was my whole plan. I picked a bad time with with uh, Brexit and <laughs> COVID and stuff like that. So like, you know, now like a lot of flights are being canceled and it's really tough to travel within Europe. It's horrific, yeah. right? You know, like yeah. I was going to go to the ADE, the Amsterdam dance event. I had like gigs out there, but I was just like, it's too expensive and I just can't make it. You know, there's no guarantee either that you're getting out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I've had, I've heard horror stories of people that like, you know, have had to cancel like whole weekends because like the whole airline, like my friend, you know, the whole like Finnish air is just like, oh, no more flights until September. Sorry. Yeah. You know, so it's like to, to spend that money and time to take that risk. You know, I know friends who have gone out to UK to DJ. First gig, got COVID, had to come home. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, like, yeah. let me just. Wow. It's, it's funny because like with everything that opened up in the U.S. last year, like everyone in the U.S. thinks everything is back to normal. Right. It's really not no. like international just opened up this year, you know, like, yeah, everything's in real transition still. But it, it's just a really rocky time right now. And you got to remember, too, I mean, the vaccines and stuff, they were created here. So we're way ahead of the rest of the world in mm-hmm. vaccines and stuff, too, which helped us, you know, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, and also, too, those are those are those other cities are much more condensed and, you know. I feel like everyone because of the pandemic, everyone's like going out like like YOLO, like I have to go, like I have to go out, I have to travel, I have to do all of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like there's all of these things that are these, these catastrophes they that think are it's go, things will get worse, so they're taking advantage of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that's opening now. But I also feel like everyone needs to just chill the fuck out because everyone's just going too hard right now mm-hmm. and traveling and stuff. Yeah. And it's just not it's like everyone like there's all these fights and like in bars and like clubs and like and, and airports, airports and everything, shit. planes and shit. Even still, you know, yeah. it's like it's everyone. I feel like everyone just needs to fucking relax. Yeah, for a yeah. little bit. And everyone has that attitude, like it's all about me. This is my trip, or this is my. Right, right. You know, you cut in front of me. It's like, you know, we're all going to the same place. Fuck, man. Relax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going quicker. Wait, so um, with with all your remixes and everything that that you're doing right now, mm-hmm. they're they're on Bandcamp and everything. And you, you got Bandcamp where you can go to like Track Source or okay. Juno Download and just Google my name Shalvoy and all my tracks will come up. That's crazy. I didn't know you did all those tracks because I remember I was hanging out with Shecky one night. This is when OTR first opened up, and we were having dinner. He's like, "Yo, we're gonna go check out P. Shalvoy," and I was like, "I don't know what that is." So he goes and we we go hang out with you and I'm just like trying to shazam every fucking record you're playing <laughs> and then Shaky goes you're not gonna find any of this shit because they're all they're all his shit and it's all different and I was just like damn like it it was just like a a, a master class of just learning old new old music but it was new to me right but it was just it was just it was just you were just killing shit and Shaky was dancing. And you can just picture shaking dancing, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. That night. Shout out to Shecky. I don't, yeah, need, yeah. I don't need to see him dancing. I know. Yeah. I was gonna say I apologize for that, but it's just funny, like you won't think Shecky will dance, but he was like, You're playing white lines, I think, or some record that he Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, Oh, this is my shit back in whatever. I was like, All right, Shecky. You know what I mean? But yeah, it was yeah. a great experience. Your, your edits and your remixes are tasteful. Thank you. They remind yeah. me of like Ellie Escobar's stuff. Yeah, I was in the same. Very very clean, you know. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's really it's really good. It's fun to do too you know and it's, it's fun to see you know your your remix or your edit whatever go over you know mm-hmm. what i mean which is which is nice you yeah, know? yeah yeah like uh, i just did a um i did an edit of uh, lionel richie all night long so i love the track but the track 
it's a shitty setup. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I changed it around and did it and I extended that like African beat part of it and stuff like that. So, you know, and that the first couple of times I was like, oh, I don't know. And then my couple of times I played it and it just the place got packed and people went, I was like, oh, okay. That's oh, dope. Oh, nice. oh, yeah. oh man. How much are you enjoying on, on the record and, and on the bus? That like everyone wants to DJ in the bus, the patio area. I know. I'm, it's, it's great. Dream, I, right? I love it. I love it. I mean, it's it's the perfect gig for me. Right. You know. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for you know any nights I can get there. There's so many DJs you know? that come into town. Like you know, Riz. Shout to Riz. He's like a legend. Sure. And he's DJed at the on the bus in the patio, and he was just like, oh my god, you know. Like where, yeah. where am I gonna spend like this in New York? Nowhere. Like yeah. I can't, I can't find <laughs> anywhere like this. Right. You know, like this is amazing. This is incredible. You know, and it's like every DJ goes there. Do you, and then never you and Pete, like pretty much DJ like at least once or twice a month, right? Oh, on there, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's like, do you guys get kind of spoiled with it, or do you guys appreciate it every time you DJ? I appreciate them? it, man. <laughs> oh yeah, like I was telling you one time, if I, I, I like if I know I'm DJing on the record, like that's like game day. Like, yeah. you know, I can't fuck it up. I got to be ready. I got to yeah, do Because if I fuck it up, man, I feel like shit. It's so funny I can get back there and do it again, you know? It's funny because I look forward to it, too. I did it last night. I did the bus. And I was like, man, I'm about to have fun tonight. Because it's just, it's a different, you don't, no one's telling you where to play. You have a format you have to follow. And it's just. And that's what's great, too. Like, think about it, man. No one, I, I don't know about you guys, but no one's ever told no me. No one's ever told me, yeah. Not once. Only Ross comes over and he's like, it's too loud. I'll be like, all right, cool. Whatever. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, that's great for that, you know? And they really, like, they hit on something great, you know? And yeah. I love being able to, like, someone come up and ask for a bad bunny. I'm like, oh, other room. I'll do just that too. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> Not in here. Yeah. Not in here. You know, no. I just need like you just a, a door sticker to put in your other clubs. Like, oh yeah, right through that door. Go ahead. <laughs> just to get them away from you. Bunny pointing over. You know. Has it been has it been more fun with like the Silk Sonic and the Usher after parties being over there? I think so. <laughs> it's been more consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've definitely noticed that like the Silk Sonic crowd has definitely gotten a little more mainstream. Mm. Oh yeah, than, yeah. Than in the beginning, so you can't go as deep as you some, want to go. Some yeah. nights you're just like, "Fuck, man!" Like the lane is so narrow because if you go a little bit, they're like, "Nope." They're like, yeah, I remember I did one of the first Silk Sonic after parties, and it was just there's just music lovers in there, and it was just like you play whatever the fuck. And I feel yeah. Like now you have to play more. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I remember one of the best nights was a Janet Jackson crowd. Oh. That crowd was fucking amazing, man. Oh, it was great. You know, thirty to like. 60 <laughs> you know and they knew everything yeah. and they were fucking going crazy that was great you know that was really that was probably one of the best nights i've had in that place but you, you know when when you look at your dj career it's like 40 years right almost like 40 years yes so yeah yeah from the 80s 90s 2000s and two you know yeah about 30 anyway 30 something yeah, yeah 30 some close to almost 40 yeah. i'd say 30 something 30 you know shit. 87 okay. to 2020 yeah, yeah. yeah i mean all the changes that you've seen and everything. How do you feel about it now? Like where DJing is right now? And then what is the one thing that, how do you feel about it now? And what's the one thing that has stayed the same? You know, it's funny because like I never, never really thought about it. I just kind of did it. Right. You know, and it wasn't even until recently, almost like Vegas time or maybe even a little before that, where at least for me, I don't know, but you could almost think about DJing as like, oh, that's my career. Yeah, you know what I mean because it was more like I just do it with something else because it, you couldn't really make a career out of it. not but, like you know Cal, there was no Calvin Harris money right in two thousand 
it almost feels like we are in a hamster wheel, right? We we just kept going and going and going. Yeah. And we just saw where it led us, and we're like, okay, there's money there, there's opportunity there. We'll go there. Okay, right. We'll go back. We'll right. come back here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you just keep going, but it's not like it's strategized. Like, oh, you know, I'm gonna move this way. I'm gonna do that or anything like that. And you know, what's interesting too. I think is that the more popular it's become, almost the more devalued it's become as well. Mm. You know, yeah. and I feel like, and I'm a DJ, and like I said, I love doing it, but like sometimes I'm like, you don't need a DJ at the Giorgio Armani store. Sorry, you don't. You know what I mean? Like, there's too many DJs everywhere. So then everyone's a DJ. So everyone thinks they know, you know, what's going on. And it, like I said, I think it's it's too much and it devalues the people that can really do it. You know, like, and also too, like, I don't think it does. I, I disagree. Though, because I don't think there's many people that can do what you do, who has the musical knowledge that you, that you have, you know what I mean. So but if you any, don't get paid I think, for it, I mean, I think you stand out, though. I think you, I, in my opinion, in my perception, I think you stand out. Yeah, you definitely now, define what's a good DJ and a bad DJ. Yeah. Now, like, is there a platform built for you? You know, to to showcase this on a regular basis? Maybe not as much. Right. As before. But I think when there is a platform and you get to do whatever you want to do, I think you stand out tremendously. Right. Compared to everyone else. Yeah. Okay. You know? Thank you. Um yeah. Like I said, I just I just feel like it has it's it's lost some of its well, like Yeah, I understand what you're saying. But I guess you know? with with the popular <laughs> stuff, yeah, yeah. I just with the popular stuff though, it also you know what I mean? Like for example, like you have like some celebrities that'll be like, Oh, I remember like when they first started doing it, like back around two thousand or whatever, they'd be like, Well, at least I have my iPod, can you plug my iPod in and play like, right, like right. I remember the, that. Like why? Like what's the point of that? That was that happened a lot in the early two thousands. Yeah, early two thousand um, yeah, yeah. When like Pete Wentz would do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. who else would do that? <laughs> Travis, what's his name from McCoy? Yeah, Travis, Travis McCoy. McCoy, and I'd be at Jet, and I'd have to open for these guys, and they'd have like two iPods, right? And they're playing like opposites attract Paul Abdul, and I'm like, I've never heard this shit in the club ever in my life. It sounded amazing, but I was like, all right, this is where we're at. Right I remember now. Pete Witch used to have a pre-made mix, so he wasn't DJing; he was just look like he was DJing. Right? No, this was this is. Before the iPod or after? This is after the iPod. It has to be. Because when I saw him, I, he was like pushing this, these buttons. It was after the iPod. It was. Definitely. He, he was like had this, one iPod. It was. It was iPod? Um, he had what two was, iPods. So like. You know, pause one and play the other one. He was using yeah. um, Tractor. No, no, no. This is before uh, that. That was before, yeah. This is when these motherfuckers had the audacity to come so in. So it was two yeah. ox. Two oxes and plug in. Right. You know, mm-hmm. And two iPods. Yeah. But that's my. Who let this shit happen? <laughs> right. To my Who point, it's like. Fuck? Like those guys wouldn't like just sit down on a piano and go, oh yeah, I can play piano, and just go like bang, 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 bang. But yeah. they do as a DJ. They're like, oh yeah, I can DJ. You should see my iPod; it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in the two thousands it was just like you know, it you like had a circus. You had what's his name? Uh, what's Pamela Anderson's husband? Oh, Tommy, 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 Lee. Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee was DJing, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was it was kind of a shit show. Well, he back was then. he was playing the drums and he had a DJ. Oh, that's different. But did he de- he DJ at one point? Too, at yeah. Some point. Yeah. Every all of them like it was a weird time back then. There was a lot yeah. of weird shit that happened. These motherfuckers. That's what I'm saying. The DJ became like this thing. Like you know yeah. what I mean. Like I uh, think now it's maybe it's starting to level off more. 
I but think it's still, I think I remember it's still when like the actors started DJing. Like, um, who's the dude oh, from that Elijah, 70s show? Oh yeah, oh uh, Danny Masterson. Yeah, Danny Masterson. Oh yeah, and the guy Frodo, uh, Elijah Wood is that his name? Elijah Wood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he DJ? Yeah, he played it like the wind. <laughs> Motherfucker said Frodo. <laughs> Frodo, yeah. <laughs> I think that's his DJ name too. DJ Frodo, <laughs> the guy from Scary Movie, um, John Abrams. Oh really? Oh sure, yeah. He he couldn't DJ, but he was mad cool though. I remember him coming to light and shit. Danny Masterson was mad cool too. He was like, and I guess in Hollywood and LA, he was like at all the DJs' homies. Yeah, because he would like kind of like he would get thrown gigs, but he would give them to the local DJs. Right. Because he didn't want to like take gigs away from DJs. That's cool. I don't know. I heard that's what I heard about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> he actually I remember he was at town one night and I was DJing. Uh huh. And I think I was just like, you know, you know, I'm from New York. We we do the air horns, right? Yeah. And I think he tweeted out, like, who is this DJ? And why is he, like, doing an air horn, like, every whatever, every song or whatever? And all these DJs, I, I, I think I, I, like, retweeted or I replied. I said, it's me. You know, my bad on the air horns. And all these DJs attacked Danny Masterson. <laughs> they got from the 70s show, right? Yeah, yeah they yeah. were attacking him to the point where he's like, look, I'm sorry. I'm just like, it was just a lot of air horns. <laughs> and I think even Riz responded. And he's like, he's like, you know why? He's from New York. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I was like, yo, Riz, thank you, man. That, like, that made my whole fucking decade. Like the I funk flex, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yo, Pete, I'm so, I'm so happy we, we finally got to record this. Yeah, Sit down yeah. With us, thanks man. so much for having me, man. Yeah, was, no doubt. Didn't realize I had that much... Uh, those many that many stories. I was like, no, what are we gonna talk about? So many, man. <laughs> I'm sure, like, I'm sure when the cameras come off, you're gonna be like, oh, we can go for another two hours. Man. I know, right? It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny because we said, who should we get? I'm like, we should get Pete. We've been talking about it. He's like, oh, I had a pork chop. I said, no, Pete Shavoy. He's like, oh, I know him as pork chop. So it's just, it was different. <laughs> I, I always feel like I missed some of the best uh, nightlife in New York. You know, it's because I caught like the late '90s, the very late '90s. And early two thousands of it, and I kind of missed Eddie's the nineties, all the time, the 80s. Yeah, I like I missed that era. I mean, there's there's all these DJs that I talk to, and I'm like, man, if we were just around, if we were like old enough to go to the Palladium, and like to do all this shit, mm-hmm. it's like you know. So I love hearing about it. Yeah, it was you know the other thing too, like it was a different time. Like you could get an apartment in the Lower East Side for seven hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> Shit. You know what I mean? So like you could go out every now night. Now it's eight thousand. You know, sure. yeah. You know, so it was just a whole. It was a different city. You know, it was that you knew everybody like oh, in, the, yeah. in the Lower East Side, so you could like fucking hang out, smoke weed, and you know, before yeah. you go out, have your drink to drink your forties and shit. Yeah, I'd go out by myself <laughs> with like twenty bucks in my pocket, mm-hmm. come back, have yeah, a great man. time, and twenty bucks in my pocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just like it was great. Like and when I lived in East Village, is when like the um, art scene was happening. So there'd always be like, you know, gallery openings. You'd be like, go there and drink for free. Drink, drink wine. Before you go out. You Eat know? cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a different time, but it was it was great. You know, a lot of stuff was going on and it wasn't as corporate. You know, it was much more open and yeah. you could definitely I see what do you mean. a lot of stuff. I see what you mean, though, when you're saying when they're like, you know, there's a DJ for everything now. It's oversaturated because when you started, it was really, it was like you said, like it was a community. Right. And it was like an identity. It was like, I want to, I love DJing and I want to do it. It wasn't like something where it was like, oh, you know, I can get some extra gigs and make some more money if I become a DJ. Right. It wasn't this, uh, there wasn't a motive of just 
financial gain. It was like you had a love for this whole yeah, thing. And, there, you know? and, and you got to remember too, there was no real like, rec- it wasn't like, oh, it's going to look great on my Instagram or whatever. I'm going to post right. pictures of me DJing. Like, and you were usually like in the corner or behind a wall or what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's like a little cutout or something like mm-hmm. that, but it wasn't like it is now. And you never had to like dance around like an idiot and do, all, you know. Jump up and down. Yeah, and do all this bullshit. It was, you know. And I, <laughs> I think about that too though. I think it's also the fact that like, it's a lot easier to DJ now. So you have more time, so you have to do something. So they feel like, oh, let me jump around or dance around. Because before you had to like take the record out, put the record back, grab the other record. Look for the maybe, record. Maybe you do the old T-shirt wipe. And the, right, you know right. what I mean? Like you had shit to do in between the records. But now you're like, oh, okay, I'm ready. And you already have a playlist and you just yeah, click go. You know? I remember, so. I remember like when I fucked up a mix or if I played the wrong record. Like going to dig for my records was a perfect ex- escape. <laughs> or, you pretend, or you pretended you had that crate on the floor. You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I, and I'm like digging for records and I'm talking to myself like, you fucking idiot. Why did you play that song? You told me this yeah. first. Somebody said, are you okay? <laughs> and then, yeah, no, I'm like, you fucking idiot. You played that fucking song. You fucked that up. And I think someone came up like, hey. And then I was like, you know, you fucked up. And then you're like, are you okay? You're like, were you talking to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes doesn't that doesn't isn't that be, doesn't that make you feel better? Like I know for me sometimes if I'm really nervous at a gig or something yeah. like that, like I'm like oh fuck, and then you fuck up and you're like, okay, I fucked up. Like people are still here, still going. Okay, let me let me relax and fucking enjoy this. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's almost it's better to get it out of the here. way. Like right, right, right. You know, but uh, it's funny that we're all like that. Isn't that weird? Like we're ma- are we masochists? Like we want to, like this is what we chose to do. We work our asses off so we can do this. And we're still just like you fucking suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just takes the littlest thing, right? Yeah. Just to t- like even just one person going like this or something. Yeah. I fucking almost lost it. Like yeah. I think that's only happened twice to me, where someone went like this, and I wanted to like throw. I wanted to like jump over <laughs> and like fucking. Oh dude, my it's God. taken me years to get to work through it. <laughs> it's true. I know it sounds crazy, but I remember one time I was DJing at Kane, and this is when AM was really big, and AM was mm-hmm. playing. You know, uh, I played AM played. I played. So I'm there, and I, I didn't know remember. AM did Kane. He did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Only like once or twice. And you know, remember that like Kane DJ booth is that big rock. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you're kind of right. <laughs> well, you're yeah. like kind of like on the level with everyone. So people right there. Oh my God! Is this when they had the technique, the technique CDJs with the with the with the moving discs, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, it was. Well, I think horrific. they had turntables. They had turntables. This was like back in the turntable tractor days, and I had to like put like cushions on them so they wouldn't feed. Oh, it was a oh nightmare. But anyway, so I'm playing with AM, and everyone's like jumping. And this is like AM, like fucking peak, right? He's engaged to Nicole Rich. I mean, he was like at his peak, and I remember. Everyone's kind of calling over the rock, trying to get to him. And some girl hands him a napkin. He kind of looks at it and puts it down. He goes on. He leaves. I'm playing. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh let me check this. Oh, here's that napkin that girl gave. So I look at it and it goes, you suck shit. I was like, fuck, man. I was like, even AM's not like immune to this shit. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's like the biggest DJ in the country at the time, right? Like People Magazine. Some chick has to be like, she had to go out of her way to get a pen, get a napkin to write, you suck shit. (laughs) And then then get it to the booth. Yeah. And like, 
You gotta climb over a rock, bitch. You know, I love it. So, but as, you know, we all got to do. You know, we all got to deal with it, man. I used to do that. I used to think everyone who's talking like, oh, they're talking about me, and they're talking about how much I suck. Like, oh fuck, uh, you know, no. just like just it's so tough. Beat yourself up, and then you're like, how was your night? Oh, it's good. <laughs> 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 you know, another day at work. Wait, wait, you never answered my question though. Over the over your span of oh. DJing in a 35 yeah. plus years, right? You know what? What? What do you think? What's what's Stay the same with all the changes that that's happened in your opinion, you know. I know it's a, it's not the easiest question. I mean, I th- I, th- I think the the one constant, and the, I think the reason we all do it is that feeling you get when you drop that right record, like ah, oh, and the crowd reacts and they right. dance. I think that's that's the thing. It you never know? goes. Away. It keeps that's, you doing. That's constant. Whether you're on vinyl, Serato, an iPod, whatever it is, if you drop that right record and you get that reaction from the crowd, that's Shout out dopamine. That's the gold right there, you know. That's why we keep doing it. Yeah, man. And just to let, yeah, so people go like, yeah. F-. Like, to get, you, know, you get to look like, I fucking know what you're doing. I'm digging it. You know what I mean? You're like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. good. You know, that's I think great. that's what. That never goes away. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and sometimes it's like, you could, we've all had those nights. Like, it could be like, you got three people. You know what I mean? Like it's a shitty night. And like we got those three people and they're fucking vibing. You're like, fuck it. I'm playing for those. Yeah. Three. And you have a great night because you're like, fuck it. I don't need yeah. 3,000 people. If I get three that are digging it. You're good. Yeah. Good. That, doesn't cut, that doesn't cut it for me, man. I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> are you fucking serious? I was like, you guys are great, but tonight fucking suck, man. <laughs> I feel like that. Yeah. Well. Uh, <laughs> Pete, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, go ahead, <laughs> Pete. Man, I'm I'm glad we did this, man. Thank you so yeah, much for coming you. through, bro. Thank you, thank you so much, Pete. Pete. Hi, bro. Thanks, Pete. Yeah, thank Pete. you. Thanks for having me. Thank no you. doubt, man. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms, and every Thursday the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, YouTube.com/RoadPodcast, and to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit YouTube.com/DJCity. And we'll see you next. Wednesday.